internet and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Camera Corner Podcast. We are a geek slash nerd discussion podcast. We're going to take one topic from TV, movie, video, game, book. Or if you're talking about the daily bet around until we get bored, I'm as always your host, Patrick. With me is my co-host, Jared. Say hi, Jared. The return of the spider mite. Um, and today is uh, part two of a discussion we had in our previous episode. Um, if you're If you want to hear... The whole thing from the beginning, go to the episode before this in your feed, and that'll be our part one. Um, but essentially, we came to this from a prompt uh, that Jared found online of essentially um, how would the stories work out if, uh, or how how would it work if Batman and, and Spider-Man swap villains? Yeah, it was much more of like a death battle style, yeah. like, uh, you know, could Batman fight Spider-Man's villains? And um, if and if they're just starting thirty feet away from each other with no prior knowledge, no. Yeah. For the most part, no. <laughs> yeah, and we thought that'd be boring. Um, so instead, we decided to see if there's a story in there instead, because comics are long form storytelling. Yeah. Um, luckily, both DC and Marvel have a history of problems of multiverses smacking together and people sometimes getting stranded. Yeah. Um, so we just we took. That prompt of the uh, in the previous episode of the villain appearing in Gotham through multiverse chicanery um, and essentially trying to start up uh, a new existence from there. Yeah, like basically, what would be like we were trying to see if if, if they could hold together an entire like uh, trade, at least yeah. a six issue run, uh, because we're only doing like the A story or the A storyline of like. Hero versus villain. The B and C storylines, you know, which would also fill it out. Like a, lot, about. a lot of that's going to be controlled yeah, right. with the continuity of the day. And I'm not, I'm sorry, the, the a podcast is not an appropriate venue for me to sit here. Or rather, this podcast is not an appropriate venue for me to sit here and try to pontificate some hundred odd years of comic book continuity and how somebody slots in. Yeah. Now, like, like uh, there, there are a couple of things that, like, actually make some pretty good... Uh, um, like consistent like metaphors between two characters. Like we thought Vulture would actually make a pretty interesting character um, for Batman. They actually do have a lot in common when you kind of get them down to brass tacks. So there's a lot of things that you can kind of have have them mirror and foil one another. Um, but but yeah. So this time we're gonna be doing the opposite. Uh, and it, see, it worked out last time because uh, in both ways because I, I'm being the the giant Spider-Man fan and Pat being the giant Batman fan. I was able to basically say, okay, well I know these these villains well enough. I know what's going to happen when they just uh, pop up in Gotham. Uh, and then Pat would come up with, like, well, how does Batman react to that? And so now we get the opposite going of Pat t- uh, Pat telling me what's going to happen with these uh, villains in New York. Once again, to make things simple, because uh, Gotham is Batman City. Yeah. New York is... Uh, a lot of people's Yeah, it's, it is the city. So, uh, but we're just going to... We're going to try to limit it down to... Uh, just as much people on the Spider-Man side of it as possible. So Daredevil and Punisher aren't, aren't sticking their asses in here. Yeah. Uh, I did uh, have one minor uh, tweak on that. What's that? And that being, like, I kept I kept a rule of no villain team-ups. Like, you know, I'm not going to pull uh, Joker and Mad Hatter and all of them together at once. Right. Um, but there uh, there is a large... Um, the, the criminal element and the mercenary element in Marvel is a lot more robust than in DC. Yeah. So, 
there are some villains like okay, this guy would just work for hired muscle. Right. Um, we did a little bit of that yeah. um, on the other as well. Like uh, I, I very, uh, which to this day I'm still very proud of from last week, saying that uh, I think Herman Schultz, uh, the Shocker, would pretty much just get gunned down as soon as he uh, entered uh, Roman's uh, Black Mass territory yeah. and tried waving his dick around. Now, if he just offered to work for somebody, he'd just he he'd be a noteworthy goon that Batman punches out every now and then. Yeah, but uh, I don't think the Shocker would do that walking in. I think he would come in hard. And uh, and DC is bigger on having, like, I, I will I will say this with a, some pretty good confidence. I think DC is bigger on having its, uh, uh, its villains kill off their minions or even supposed minions oh, yeah. for shock value. Marvel doesn't really do that very often. Kingpin does it a little bit. I was like, Kingpin does a little bit, but like other than that, you don't see uh, the weird thing of like, why would people ever work for Joker? He constantly kills his henchmen. Uh, you don't see that in Marvel very often. Um, yeah, Pink Kingpin gets it, but you know why people work for Kingpin. Yeah, like he actually is pretty loyal to you if you can get up into his good graces. So like that makes sense. Joker, it, Joker henchmen have never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but, and also I broke the rule a little bit by saying, like, giving, like, the whole, uh, kingpin slash hammerhead. Yeah, him coming over with the, with the enforcers and all that. Yeah. Um, so, without further ado, we'll, I'll jump into the top of the list. I'm pulling, I'm basically pulling the list of Batman villains from Wikipedia. There is a much more extensive list on the DC Wiki, but some of these are, are super obscure, Maybe have had one appearance since the Silver Age, and I don't have an abattoir story in me. I'm sorry. I mean, also, like we didn't use El Muerte. Yeah. So, like, yeah, it's fine. So I'm 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 going with the list of the most enduring and iconic uh, Batman villains. Um, oh, um, at at the end of this, I do have a Spider-Man villain we didn't get into. That I actually think would be really interesting, and uh, so I want to cap us off with a Spider-Man villain, if you don't mind. Okay. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, so we'll start thing off with Bane, uh, also known as Bane. He has no no pe- he has no people name. Um, see the uh, in our previous episode, Jared, you you made a you made a neat connection with you know their relationship with orphans between. Uh, Batman and, and, and Vulture. Yeah. Um, I was looking for something like this with Spider-Man. The only thing I could connect to was uh, their tangential relationship through professional wrestling. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it works. Yeah, but I'm not I'm not going to reach too far into that outside of like, you know, maybe it, maybe a, a cheeky writer could do some neat things with the, with the titles of the various issues. Yeah. I'm always a little bit sad that uh, like live action Spider-Man will probably never do a pro wrestling thing again because that has always been a thing in his backstory. Yeah, it's always been professional wrestling. And as kids who grew up in the eight, like uh, in the early '90s, when professional uh, up through like you know the Austin Attitude era, like that's that was like when pro wrestling was big. So like that being part of uh, Peter's backstory, even from the Stan Lee days. Yeah, that was always just a very like big treat for us. Well, it's kind of like the the Macho way... Man being in the first movie. Well, know? yeah the 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 way our the way our society has moved on, and with kayfabe becoming less of a thing, um, like 
the concept of a oh if you you think you're you think you're tough you know just sign this sheet and go and fight a pro wrestler if you can last three minutes yeah you know of that being a oh yeah this this is a thing that would be okay and legal well like if if well if they also did it in the movies now it would always just be compared directly to the Sam Raimi movie and everyone tries to differentiate itself in its own ways so. yeah. I don't think I don't think it's reclaimable anymore because of that. Yeah, but it it, it, it it's it's such a it's it's a very neat thing in Spider Man's history. Yeah. Um but so I have uh, Bane appearing in New York. Um Bane I had I had I had a I had a thought of bringing Bane over with his Venom, but in all honesty Bane hasn't used Venom since two thousand eight. Really? Yeah. Uh he he quit it during the uh, Secret Six run uh, by Gail Simone, he would still wear the apparatus, like the pipes and everything. Yeah. But there's nothing in them. Oh. Um. He you he it, sometimes it gets used on him, like people manipulating him and like slipping venom into him. Yeah. But for the most part, he's he doesn't he views venom as a crutch, like the addiction element element to it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that. That being said, he still knows how to make it, and he st- he will still pedal it. Okay. <laughs> so, it's just, I mean, Red Hood's got to get his fix somewhere. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I have uh, Bane appearing in in New York. He's not an idiot. He he would one he would recognize. Oh, I'm in New York. How did I get here? Because New York does exist in the DC universe. Yes. Um, it's just when he goes looking for Santa Prisca or Gotham and he realizes they don't exist where he is. Uh, but Jersey does and uh, and he's the laughing stock of Jersey when he tries to take it over. <laughs> but no, Because I mean, Kamala Khan just comes out and like ties his ass up in rubber. Yeah, but this isn't a Kamala Khan story. <laughs> yeah, this is a Spider-Man story. <laughs> um, so while Bane is very mentally... Adept, he is not a physical threat to Spider-Man. No. Um, so I would have I I have Bane. Basically, he goes and basically jacks some some criminal labs. Right. Because New York does, in Marvel's New York does have like you know, just small time villain, not villain so much, but criminal startups where you they'll give you money to get your own lab, and you just start up shit, and then when Punisher shoots you all. They mop up the blood and give it to the next assholes. Yeah. Um, that is legitimately a thing that happens in Marvel. Yes. Yes. Uh, so Bane would hit a few of those just because they're weak and he can take it. Right. And start basically making street venom. Um, there, there, there would be a demand in the Marvel Universe for something that gives you a boost similar to the super soldier serum that is consumable and sellable. Oh yeah. Like it's that's not, you know, I I jacketed in this guy and now he's just forever Steve Rogers. Right. Like no, you're strong for like, you know, the 2 minutes you need it on a job and eventually you're hooked and you keep coming back for it. Yeah. Um that would I mean the apartment damage control itself would just uh uh no, yeah, they be like bricks. a big supplier, yeah. <laughs> um so, basically, that that is the part of it where it would come across Peter's radar, because he would be going out, he would be going to stop some small time crime, 
and you know some uh, some you know nobody runs up and knocks him through a telephone pole, and he and hulks out. Right. Because you know the venom does make you bigger. It like kind of inflates your muscle, um, not to the proportions of a full-on Hulk, but definitely obvious. Definitely do like a full-on Super Saiyan. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a, a legendary Super Saiyan, as it were. Um, and that is where you know Peter would probably, you know, take notice of it. Like, okay, this guy's on something, and probably eventually hear about Venom. Probably not. I've never seen I've never I've never seen Spider Man get real big into like interrogation, but no. What well, I actually but he does have like police contacts with uh what's her name uh Yuri, Wa- Yuri Watanabe yeah um I can't well, want to call her Wraith but uh, Wraith is after she leaves the the cops yeah um. Well, I actually think what would probably happen in that scenario is uh, after Peter does web up and leave uh, whatever this street crook's name was, uh, he probably finds. We'll the... say we'll say it's Turk from the uh, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing Turk off mic uh, last week, uh, just because he was delight. It was a delightful person that carried throughout the the Netflix uh, series. Um, but uh, sure, it was Turk who get who's getting way over his head. Uh, tired well, of getting beat around. <laughs> Sadly, even even Venomized, he still gets knocked around. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, Pete webs him up, ha- leaves him hanging from a from a telephone pole. Um, probably like finds that vial. Yeah, that has been mostly used. Probably like a drop or residue. Oh like yeah, it would have residue in it. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, Pete probably takes that back personally to analyze it to find out what's going on with it. Uh, he runs like a full spectrum analysis on it, uh, finds out that it's this new drug that, uh, that's going to allow the street criminals to come in punching harder, which will suck for him for sure, but it will also definitely suck for other street level heroes. Cause while it, while they are surprisingly strong (laughs) for street guys, Bane, like Bane himself is only in the three to four, maybe five ton weight range in terms of like how hard he hits. Spider-Man does 10 tons easily. Yeah. So they're not stronger than him, but it is noteworthy. It's, de- it's definitely so- definitely something you want to give Matt Murdock a warning be- be- before he jumps out on the streets next time. Yeah. Um, and also, it just means they can also cause much more collateral damage. Yes. A thing that, um, in Spider-Man comics, Spider-Man is mine for. Uh, so... Uh, because uh, just in general, uh, criminals seem to be willing to like you know punch a uh, punch a hole in something that's going to cause it to collapse, so that Spider-Man has to go to take care of that thing instead of like chasing after them. I think it's because Hulk's a bad influence. <laughs> I no, I, th- I, th- I think I, I I say it as a joke. I do actually think that is kind of one of my Marvel headcanons that like a lot of people see Hulk hulking out. So when they and by some happenstance get a little bit of super strength. They try and do Hulk shit. Duh. Yeah, that's that's not a bad uh, bad thought. I mean, also Rhino is completely street level and just runs through walls. Oh yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So uh, Peter probably does the analysis and then he goes and starts hitting up uh, uh, criminals. Um, depending on like what run you're in, maybe he, maybe he, he and Boomerang are still friends, and he he hits him up to try to find out. 
uh, what these guys are on, or he just uh, has his own Turk that he didn't just beat up. Yeah. Uh, but goes around, finds out that this guy's uh, uh, making his move, and by also supplying his men with uh, with venom, which is by its nature addictive. Oh yeah. Uh, it keeps him out of like uh, Kingpin's uh, hands, uh, which is not a bad play. Because uh, uh, that's always something you got to worry about when you're uh, peddling on the streets of New York. Well, the good thing is, if I'm using modern New York, Kingpin's not around right now. True, but we 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 do try for, to keep these most, mostly for most evergreen. Con, for most contemporary stories, yes, Kingpin is something you got to worry about. Yeah. Um, it, now, is there, and I'm saying this for no pun for the character, is there an anti-venom? Uh, like a direct cure? Yeah. No, it is, it's something It's something you just got to let run out of your system. But okay, because I, I didn't remember Batman ever like, coming up with something to, like, basically um, depower Vane if you just, like, stuck him with it. No, typically the, the answer is always uh, cutting the, the cords. Yeah. And the... For it leaving your system so quickly produces a basically sends you into shock. Yeah. After and after that, you just you just lock them in a room and let them deal. Let them have fun with withdrawals. Um. Now, if if I wanted to get into the super science of it, um, I would I I would make a uh, an argument that hey maybe that is what Peter does. Peter creates some type of neural blocker, uh, that like keeps the venom from hitting your system, basically causing the the withdrawals to hit you immediately. Uh, perhaps like uh, some type of like aerialized thing that he that he creates. Yeah. Um, to deal with the henchmen, uh, so he's also not just beating the ever loving hell out of like a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, before going to uh, getting himself to Bane himself. Uh, now in the in the worst case scenario, Bane does uh, and Bane does do it. Like we we saw that uh, we saw that solution. Honestly, the reason that most of this is coming to me is uh, the more and more I, we, were, we were talking about it, the more and more I was realizing that this is the Tombstone mission out of uh, yeah. Spider-Man PS5, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man PS4. So he, uh, he fights him in a motorcycle garage. <laughs> uh, hell yes, <laughs> hell fucking yes. Um, but like, there's a big overlap there, except yeah. for whereas uh, Bane would be strong. Uh, uh, Tombstone was tough. Yeah, he was very durable. Yeah, so like, but it ultimately ends up being the same thing. Like, Peter was finding uh, guys doing this drug, and then, and kind of on the happens end, that's not a like that. That's a, a story you can just do. Play yeah, the game you, can, doing. you can very much miss that. Yeah, um, so that's just a side thing that Peter does while he's like working on his main shit. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, um, keeping with the theme of like like how the character would have to react within New York. Like, Bane probably wouldn't be able to expand in the way that he could in Gotham, where he's a little bit less opposed. Yeah. Um, I I don't I don't know if he ever gets up to the point where Fisk needs to take notice of him, but he would definitely be a contemporary for like Hammerhead and Tombstone. Yeah. Um. And like the Owl. Like I I think the storyline could work. Um, yeah. Now th- now that because it's been something that's been done before. Yeah. So that that would be probably. Do I think do I think that's a full six issues? Possibly. Um, I mean, it's definitely it's, a, it's, it's definitely very, a storyline. It's definitely a it's definitely a, a a mystery. Yeah. You know, and Spider Man is not unknown to do detective stories. Um, now, when he is caught, because Bane will be caught, I think at that point he goes to Rikers because uh, 
he doesn't have like av- he doesn't have actual superpowers. It's, right. it's from a drug, so he would just go to people jail instead of like the raft. Um, and probably from there, honestly, Bane could probably still manage his criminal empire, <laughs> and it and it honestly prison would be home for him. Yeah, uh, that's actually funny to think about because we didn't have that issue with uh, with Batman, but. Uh, yeah, I actually think Bane would be probably the bigger, more interesting threat on his second run. Yeah, where he, where by by then we can leverage Bane's charisma, which he is known to have, and he can reach out to. Hey, it turns out a lot of these guys don't like Spider Man. Yeah, and can probably essentially do Nightfall with with Peter. Yeah, and just organize a breakout and just send a gauntlet of Peter's rogues against him. Oh yeah. Like I, I see, I see Bane being able to control Matt Gargan to the point that uh, uh, that Gargan uh, works for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that'd, be, that'd be pretty fun. Um, uh, actually, honestly, for the uh, for the main issue, like like I said, I, I, I we described how Spider-Man could probably just do it by himself. Um, I think that, that this that that storyline would actually be more interesting with people like uh, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Matt or I, Jessica? Yeah, I try not to elaborate too much on it because, like, you know, yeah, Bane is is definitely someone that's, once he gets his criminal empire up and going, will totally reach out to whoever is willing to work for him. You know, Matt Gargan, absolutely. The the uh, the wrecking crew, if you know, if they're willing to cash a paycheck, sure. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so, but like, um, but. The storyline itself, I actually think this would be one that it's not like Spider-Man needs a helping hand to whoop ass, but it was like, hey, what if like Jessica uh, was? Oh yeah, I would, I would totally see, I could totally see like a Defenders crossover with this. Yeah, like they're handling their shit, and all of a sudden um, this this happens. Peter's also investigating it, and they end up like joining up together. You get like a much more splash panels of like them taking on thugs that are like way bigger and tougher than they normally are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like that that would be fun as well. Um all right, who uh, who's up after after Bane? After Bane is Black Mask. Uh Roman Sionis. Roman Sionis just walks into New York and gets gunned down by Academy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, go ahead, give me your pitch. <laughs> no, that's about it. <laughs> um the oh, because Roman has no powers. He's just He he is his mask has slight hypnotic powers. I was able to find one instance of it in the history of his of his publication. It is not something most people think of when they. It's, it's like Falcon's ability to talk to birds. It's yeah. something no one ever remembers. Yeah. Uh. Like he would just be a. He would just he would be the new Hammerhead, but without powers. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He. He. But he, by that I mean a. Uh, Noteworthy gimmicky mobster. Yeah, um, he's he's not gonna become the new kingpin of crime. Um, so I, I just I don't think there's a story there. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think there one, there's one either. Like uh, the, because the, the funny thing, the the Roman doesn't. Oh, not the Roman. Uh, uh, Roman Sionis doesn't fucking like really work under people. Like he typically just no. tries to get up. Uh, uh, he he he. If you leave him alone for long enough, he will get a cult going. Like, you know, he 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 he, he does he that is he's done that several times. Um, but honestly, smashing up a cult that's that feels more like a daredevil story. Yeah. Um, 
Peter. Well, actually, that'd be a pretty good Daredevil story. Like that's yeah, yeah. Um, so Black Mass, there's no story there. Yeah. Uh, next is Catwoman. Um, All right. Well, with Black Cat, we were just like, oh, she just fucking gets away. Like, uh, hell, w- there's a good chance Batman never even knows she was in town. Just thinks it was, uh, just thinks it was Selena, and then uh, pretty Black Cat just gets out. I mean. Peter might might think the first couple burglaries is, 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 uh, is Felicia. Felicia. Yeah. But now the reason that, that Black Cat was able to get away is she sells her shit and leaves. Yeah. That's uh, not Selena. No. Cat, Catwoman, Catwoman she she steals, but she steals in the city where she lives. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, also, Selena is normally, um, she's, she's modernly more of a Rob, Robin Hood-esque element. Where she will steal yes. and then use the money to help out uh, her, you know, impoverished, you know, women that she has taken protection of. Um, yes. So, I think I think based on that, Spider Man doesn't deck her. No. And she she she's probably able to get away with a, a good bit once she, once Peter gets the sob story. Yeah. Um. Now, do, does he actually arrest her and turn her in? That I don't know. Yeah, on, honestly, that that could go either way. That, it, probably, that, it, probably, it probably depends on who she was stealing from. If she was stealing from criminals, I don't know if Peter would care. Yeah, that's that's what I was about to say, say too. Is I don't uh, I don't think Peter would would actually care. I, I think that storyline would end up not being a um, a Peter versus uh, Selena. I think that ends up being Peter uh, like Peter. Uh, being the third party in Selena versus whoever, yeah. and then he has to come in and make the choice of like which devil do you uh, do you protect here, and he probably ends up backing Selena. So yeah, so I mean, I I could see it if maybe if she maybe stole stole from Fisk. Yeah, that's why I, that's what that's exactly what I was thinking. Like she she stole some stuff from Fisk. Fisk and, puts a hit out on her. Yeah. Uh, Peter probably takes note of it because he thinks, "Oh, black cat themed female burglar." Oh, oh, he's after Felicia. Yeah, uh, gets involved, sees it's somebody else, sees that you know she's doing what she's doing, and uh, probably tries to stop her at first. Uh, but then, as the the third wheel um, becomes a bigger and bigger threat, ultimately ends up joining sides with her. Uh, tries to give her like a moral lesson, and she probably gets one over on him. Yeah. Uh, using her, you know, feminine wiles that easily distract Peter every t- every time, and uh, and then she gets away with with what she was trying to accomplish to begin with. Yeah, you know, and she pro- she's probably just a figure in New York after that. Yeah, you know, hopefully they keep Frank away from her. Uh, next up is... A lot of modern uh, iterations of The Punisher have finally started to go into what I, I kind of like more, which is where Peter, or which is where Frank is just kind of going after murderers. Yeah. Um, Frank that kills, like, drug dealers and addicts, like, I kind of got that in, like, these, like, 80s and early 90s, where it was like, where, where all media where, was kind of propaganda to make you think that yeah, we were, people we were, who had an addiction issue were the worst scum on the planet. Yeah, we were very much in the war on drugs era. Yeah. Um, like, So I can kind of get over it based off of, oh, it's a product of its times and he's supposed to be a hero of those times. Um, and like we, that's how we were all programmed to think. Same as like nowadays people don't buy into copaganda pretty much at all. Um, 
So, uh, so Frank has taken a harder and harder stance on cops than he ever has before in the last uh, decade or so. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas before he'd have something of a working relationship with most cops because most cops would back him. Uh, but uh, uh, but now like he'll actively tell cops, "Don't back me." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um. I, that was just an aside, like, I'm saying, like, hopefully Frank doesn't get his hands on her. I was like, well, hopefully he would just be like, she's robbing from people, from people who are big name people. That That's not worth wasting the resources to bring down. All right, so next up is Clayface. Uh, I'm choosing to use the Basil Carlo version of Clayface. It's the most well-known. Um, basically, he's an act. He, he was an actor who went mad when he learned that they were going to remake a movie he was in with a different actor cast in his role. Um, Gene Wilder to Johnny Depp. Yes. If, if Gene Wilder snapped. Yes. Do you know how dangerous that would be? Oh, yeah, because I'd, I'd be with him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that that's that's... The, that's the reason why he went crazy and turned to crime. Um, the shape-shifting powers did not come from that. Uh, but if if uh, if Basil were to appear in New York in a world where not only Gotham doesn't exist, he doesn't exist, none of the movies that he's made have ever existed, and people are going to react to him like he's a big, crazy clay monster. Right. Um, first... How how long can he hold a form? A few hours. Okay. Normally, normally before, no, he'll he'll last a few hours is looking like a human, and, and then, then he'll melt. revert, and then he'll revert to big clay monster. Yeah, like big clay monster is kind of his relaxed state. Um. So eventually he would, eventually he's gonna go rampage out, just because he's just gonna he's just gonna be lashing out. And Do you people, think he's so mentally damaged he doesn't just try to like start a uh, life anew on Broadway or something like that? Or is it because he can't hold his form long enough that he wouldn't be, even be able to start to begin with? Well, he because he would need to be able to hold his form. He would be able to need to basically meet a sympathetic uh, ear. Yeah. Someone, someone to help him. Um, if he could do those two things... He could he could probably try and start a start a, a Broadway career, okay. if not a full film career. Um, but if he's able to do that, uh, I think I don't know if he comes across Peter's radar, unless like unless there's becomes so, something that triggers him. So here's actually what I'm thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Um. You're you're right. He comes in, starts rampage. Basically, finding out like hitting a moment of like ultimate existential like nihilism of uh, nothing I've ever done has mattered. Yeah. Uh, because uh, in the because now he doesn't even have his the, legacy of things that he did. Do yeah. He in the man. in the infinite speck of the multiverse, I'm not even present in all of it. So my, uh, I don't ripple across time or anything like that. Like for Cater, who's already been driven mad by like uh, the the death of his own ego, like. Here we get things kind of at their worst for him. Yes, I think he snaps. I think uh, uh, I would even be willing to bet that based off of our rules and Peter not having access to like every fucking t- web t- uh, web type he has, um, 
he snaps. Uh, him and Peter come to come to blows. Peter can't web him up properly. No. Um, like the webs probably hit him, and maybe he absorbs the webs or something like that. Um, and uh, uh, he ends up getting uh, Clayface to run. I don't think I don't think uh, Clayface would beat Peter's ass so bad because he's just not particularly fast. No. I mean, Batman dodges almost everything you throw at him. It's simply because Batman can't jump away far enough or something like that that, like, he gets a hit. Yeah. Um, that's not an issue for Spider-Man. But, uh, so, uh, Clayface runs off. Uh, Peter takes a piece of that residue. Once again, spectral analysis, blah, blah, blah. Comes up with a webbing that, when Clayface tries to uh, avoid it, uh, congeals inside of his body. Okay. Causes him to harden up immediately. Because that has been a thing that has happened to Clayface in the past. Um... Uh, like all of Spider-Man's webbings, it's not meant to be permanent. Um, Spider-Man goes at him, uh, goes at him again when Clayface uh, rises up to attack a new area. Um, what ends up happening is now that like he's had some more time, uh, he's still rampaging, but with Peter able to like effectively be able to slow him down, he starts hearing like what Clayface is rampaging about. Um, being a person who literally has protégés in multiple dimensions, mm-hmm. understands the concept of hey, people don't always exist. Um, my main, uh, like my main peer, uh, who uses the name Spider-Man with my very blessing, uh, came from a world where I'd already died in it and I don't exist in it anymore. Um, like, uh, well, he, I, has, he has a clone there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um. Yes, but it's Spider Woman. <laughs> it's a female clone of himself. It's not the same thing. Uh, but uh, well, like he can kind of understand that perception. Um, Mary Jane is still actively a model, and oftentimes Broadway, uh, someone who appears in television spots and yeah. commercials. He's like, "Hey, I know somebody who can get you work. If you really want to rehabilitate yourself and work, this is what we can do." And I think the end of that thing um, probably has, like, the, the, the B storyline probably is a Peter and uh, Mary Jane storyline. Like, uh, not necessarily they're dating or anything like that, but, like, they have some type of emotional conflict that's bringing them to, into each other's lives a lot. Um, and uh, and his his resolution with Clayface ties in with his resolution for, with Mary Jane. And, uh, and it's like, okay, you know, obviously, you know, if he, if he starts to uh, to be a melty boy even a little bit, you give me a call uh, so I can get over there. But, like, Pete's, Pete's kind of big on second chances. And yeah. uh, so... Like, I remember that being a thing in Parker Industry where he had a, a bunch of a small-time lot of his, villains, you know, come to work for him. Yeah, a lot of his, uh, his workers were, were small-time villains. So, uh, yeah, so I think that's kind of how that plays out. Once again, like Bane, it, le- it leaves itself open... For a continuing source of antagonism, yeah. For the next time that like, and even something happens on a job or something, even not necessarily antagonism, just you know, a tragic figure, yeah. Because you know, okay, yeah. He, now, now Clayface is a Broadway actor. Uh, you know who else is a is a is a is a mineral man who likes who, who wants to become a person? Thing. <laughs> you know, maybe 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 he hears about the back the he hears about Fantastic Four and you know. Tries uh, a little bit too aggressively, asking Reed for a cure. Yeah. Um, or uh, you have the idea that okay, um, they're willing to work with him. He he starts getting in commercials and stuff like that. Uh, maybe he starts. Maybe he gets like a, a soap opera yeah. like working job. 
and maybe like uh, after you know a year or something like that, you revisit the character, and it turns out uh, his acting uh, he spent so long being Clayface, like uh, he really is just a soap opera act- actor now. Yeah. He's no better than Harley Quinn's uh, Clayface, and uh, and he can't break himself out of. Uh, like fart smelling like actor looks and stuff like that and uh and like that starts to like get hey, back I'm, up I'm, on him again. I'm down, I'm down with this. Like uh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's not so much a knockdown drag out story, but it, it's one of those things where you can he can slot into the yeah, universe. Yeah, he he could he could probably you could tell a few stories with Clayface here. Yeah. Uh, and with them being like typically involved with Mary Jane shit. Like the B plots also kind of write themselves as well. All right, next up is a Deadshot. Oh, I'm sorry. And the one last one, oh. uh, it also uh, t- would tie itself into a uh, Clayface and Quentin Beck potential storyline with. Uh, oh yeah, because Quentin Beck was a special effects was a guy. special effects person. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like maybe they need his help or the help of his old technology or something like that. Um, his technology comes into play, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Once again, right, kind of writes itself. All right. Uh, so next up we have Floyd Lawton, a.k.a. Deadshot. All right. <laughs> um, see, on the one hand, there's, you could say, he's just another hired gun. But the other part is, the other big issue is, uh, Floyd, away from his daughter with no way to get back to her. He might just shoot himself. <laughs> uh, so because De- Deadshot does have a suicide, uh, a suicide wish, a death wish. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, do you think that his storyline becomes like? Because one of the things we've established is they know that they're in another universe. Yeah. So he knows that he is somewhere multiversal. So I think at that point he. He he does he does he does he does what Marv does in Sin City. He finds somebody that knows more than him and asks him. Then he asks the next person. Yeah. Um, well, because here's the thing: like Kingpin um, is known to uh, go multiverse hopping to look for things that he needs. I only knew of it in the one in End of the Spider Verse. Uh, he does it in uh, Spider Man. Uh, and technically in Spider Man Two. Okay. Um, yeah, the, there there are, there are storylines of uh, of Wilson like getting the technology together to use for multiversal stuff. Um, once again, we have multiple spider people running around who are multiversal. Multiversal travel isn't that big of a deal in uh, Marvel uh, because it never came to the issues that like DC did with all of its crisis uh, mm-hmm. uh, stuff. Marvel just kind of accepts that, oh, sometimes people travel from multi multiverses. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, Floyd would be able to find that out pretty quickly, I think. Okay. Um, I mean... Literally, no joke. Uh, Gwen Stacy um, uh, is a, I believe she's a known registered student at uh, NYU who is known to literally be a uni- uh, universe hopper. That like her professors and all that and the dean. Oh, they know, they know she has to commute. They from know a that she universe. has to commute from another universe. Huh? Um, because technically, she didn't exist in their universe. Okay. If I remember correctly, like like everyone was in on because I know like Peter had to go and vouch for and stuff like that. So. And this is not a com- so that that so, does so, put so it's not it's no longer a non-starter. Yes, so I think that means that Floyd needs the money and the resources to yeah. hire somebody to do this for him, which does put him like under Kingpin's thumb. Yeah, 
Uh, especially because uh, he has something that Kingpin desperately, desperately, desperately wants. A better bullseye who's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you, can't, the, you can't argue with that. No, because that, that's what they are. Like, they are mirrors to one another. Like, Bullseye and uh, and Deadshot. And, uh, I mean, they, they do the same thing, but one of them, like, Bullseye is good at what he does. Floyd regularly punches outside of his weight class. Very much. Um, I mean, dude has... Bullseye doesn't head uh, titles. Um, uh, Floyd does. Yeah. Like, he's often, like, uh, the, the team leader. Uh, uh, on Suicide Squad. On Suicide Squad. So, which means that he has to he has to be up against people who are uh, typically you wouldn't think would stand a chance. Or that he wouldn't stand a chance against. So, uh, uh, so it's pretty easy to figure out, like, what position he has is just, like... Uh, honestly, like if we were if if we wanted to play into that angle, uh, it might end up becoming a thing of uh, of like uh, bullseye becoming like the the third wheel in this story of like not wanting to be replaced. But we're yeah. not going to do that. But once again, that's a storyline that that could technically come into play as well. Yeah, I, I think I think that what probably keeps Deadshot around is. Essentially, Kingpin constantly dangling that in front of him. Uh, you know, he, he'll, pro- he'll probably never actually give him the dimensional gateway to get home. Yeah. If he even knows how to get him home. But constantly use the promise of that to get Floyd to work for him. Right. Um. So now, do, now, how long does that last? I don't, I don't, I don't think Floyd is a main antagonist. In a story, well, what we've just described is the kind of the B plot to a kingpin story. Yeah, because um, that, that that becomes the other thing is like once again because of because of his universal appeal, like he doesn't he doesn't neatly fit into Spider Man. This is a Daredevil comic we're talking about. Yeah, this is a thousand percent Wilson Fisk puts on a hit uh, for Daredevil using his newer, better bullseye. Um, and uh, this is actually something that, like... When, Honestly, this is probably a Marvel Knight story that Spider-Man shows up in. So, the the story that, that me and Ryan actually described uh, when... Because uh, for those of you who, who are joining us on this podcast first instead of the other one, um, uh, me and Ryan had discussed uh, these battles kind of at length to, to figure things out. And we'd also come to the conclusion that this is a Daredevil storyline. Um, but what make this uh, an interesting story would be that it pretty much because you could actually do this, maybe not for a full six issues, uh, unless you're using like flashbacks for a B story that's supposed to be tying into this whole thing, of like the flashbacks tying in like how Floyd got here. But I think the opening shots are like you you see like uh but like 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 sitting next to a gargoyle, you have like Floyd in sniper position, um it's like sitting there waiting like some type of like little monologue to himself. And uh, and then like on the title page, like uh, on the title page itself, he fires he fires the gunshot, and then the next page is a splash, and it is like Daredevil taking one through the shoulder. Oh, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it differently than that. I, I kind of had the his debut issue. I, I knew how I wanted to do it. Was that I was I started with the with the point of impact with uh, D- Daredevil or whoever taking the round. And then, like, kind of just through the entire uh, comic issue, we follow backwards 
the shot as it's going, along with the story of of how we got here. Yeah, and then the you know it being kind of in the middle of some fight towards the end, you see, uh, you see a, uh, you know, from a building, you know, super far away, uh, uh, Deadshot lift up the sniper rifle, and you know, basically saying his ear job's done. Um. Well, the reason was I didn't want to also, kill. Well, I didn't no. Want to kill, uh, well, he thinks Matt. he thinks he is because also Deadshot poisons his bullets. Oh, yeah. Um, he uses a villain called Curare to uh, poison his bullets. Uh, um, now that being said, it pr- I'm not. It's not going to kill Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the reason I was playing it the way I did is it becomes like I said uh, at this point, like uh, uh, Matt. Perhaps wasn't even in suit. Like, might have actually just been meeting with a client someplace uh, publicly. Uh, Matt's often outed as Daredevil, well, so... Oh, Matt Murdock is also normally a, an enemy of, of Wilson Fisk. Yeah. So, uh, so what this ends up becoming is, like, the six issues, like I said, is mostly, like, him running. Um, but uh, it ends up being, like, uh, that, like, while he's running in this other storyline that's happening... That's when, like, uh, uh, probably somebody who actively is bulletproof, most likely Luke Cage, mm-hmm. kind of shows up. Like, it basically becomes like this game of cat and mouse between the two characters, and uh, until it ends up being like, uh, like hell, maybe Peter does get involved, like just hearing the gunshots, stuff like that. Um, uh, but I, I think that the saving grace of that would be like Luke Cage coming in. That would be the fun thing. Oh yeah. Of like uh, the bullet dinging off of him, fucking uh, Floyd looking flabbergasted as like a sweet Christmas comes to his face. <laughs> it's called y'all didn't tell me y'all had bulletproof black men in this universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I love the i like I love Deadshot in Marvel Universe. I just he's just not a Spider Man villain. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's kind of one of the things that one of the one of the biggest challenges with this list. Yeah, um, like a lot of a lot of people want to mirror Spider Man and Batman to each other because they do have very colorful rose galleries. But in terms of story, Batman much closer mirrors to Matt Murdock. Yeah, than he, than he does to Peter Parker. I mean, once again, there's the obvious thing of like Matt uses sonar for like a bat does. Yeah. Um. Versus Batman does crazy shit like a uh, Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> or the or the or the or that Batman uses intimidation a lot for his for his villains. Daredevil is the man without fear. Yeah. Um. Uh. Let's see. So moving on to the next one in the list, uh, Garfield lands Firefly. Uh, Firefly is. <laughs> the funny thing is, he 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 would pair up very well. With Mysterio, because he was also a uh, pyrotechnics director. Yep. Uh, maybe director is wrong. Pyrotechnics, pyro, pyrotechnician. Um, the problem is he's also a pyromaniac. <laughs> the problem is Peter's uh, once and best friend is the a, human. A torch. lot of times, the Human Torch. Um, what the hell is is Garfield gonna do? Yeah. Like, Peter regularly has play fights with uh, the Human Torch. Uh, 
Johnny once destroyed the Baxter building uh, after Peter Parker had turned it into the head for Parker Industries because he felt insulted that Peter would buy that building. Um, until, like, Peter managed to calm him down enough uh, to say, like, I bought this building to hold it for when everyone comes back and I can just give this back to you. Um, because I know that I'm just renting this space. This is not my home. And, uh... But Johnny was pissed off and throwing hands, and, like, the Fantastic Four are people who deal with galactic-level threats. Uh, the, the heat of Johnny burns hot. I mean, he wasn't trying to kill Peter, but it's also his play fight is stronger than yeah. anything Garfield can do. Like, Gar- like Garfield is, uh, he's, he, he's, he just has a jetpack and a flamethrower. Normally, maybe also some some firebombs. Yeah, this this is like once again, unless he teams up with somebody, which like, hey, Mysterio, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, uh, but that's not what we're doing here. Um, like, it's just he doesn't have anything. Like, hell, P- Peter does have like fire resistant uh, webbing. A lot, uh, actually, I think his base webbing might yeah, be fire resistant. I'm pretty sure his base webbing is fire resistant because he uses it to save people from burning buildings. <laughs> <laughs> So well, I'm saying I've I've seen I've seen Spider-Man uses uses webs to smother stuff. Yeah. So I, I think uh, once again, this is just like it, uh, a guy who works as a as a C villain for Batman, um, but even Batman doesn't take him particularly seriously. Yeah, I mean, typically, if he if he can if he can get a line on Firefly, he just climbs it up up the line and knocks him out. Yeah, Spider. Spider-Man would probably web him. Uh, Lens tries to fly away, realizes that he can't pull against Spider-Man, gets yanked down. Yeah. End of chase. Some sometimes that's how, that's how these go. They yeah. they, don't, they don't all get to it's be. Just, it's just a bad matchup for him. Yeah. Uh, next up, Harley Quinn, Doctor Harleen Quinzel. Now, um, I the, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here to to suck Harley's dick, but I actually do think Harley's a a much better matchup. Um, based off of a Peter having issues with fighting um, women, well, and also fighting people that he very obviously overpowers. Yeah, like Peter. Peter's not one to, to savagely beat you down. Yeah, I mean, as we discuss, as as has been a major talking point in this whole thing, Peter pulls his punches. That's why when he fights a lot of street crooks, they take multiple hits to take down. Is because he is literally trying to give you as little baby love taps as he possibly can. Yeah. Because he's not there to try to break all everyone's jaws and rip their heads off. Um, uh, but Peter does have typically ha- uh, typically he has issues fighting women. Um, uh, like he he tries not he Peter tries to not actively hit women if he can't if he can avoid. Well, doing the weird thing is is is, on, is if you're if you're trying to think of like oh what does super villain Harley Quinn do? She really isn't a super villain. Like without Joker, she doesn't really do that much villainous shit. At least not recently. Yeah. Um. Yeah. She. She. And Marvel doesn't really have a Suicide Squad equivalent, or certainly not one that she would be recruited for. Yeah. Um. So. Like. Yeah, I, mean, I was just yeah. I was just putting them in, in the death battle mode just to see like how they how they fare up, and I think she. Like obviously well, she, think, would, think, she wouldn't beat him, but I think Peter could just web her up. Well, I was gonna say like Harley's damn agile, True. so like 
I'm just saying it would be easy. damn fast. Yeah, I was saying it wouldn't be. I'm just saying she's like she she's she's dodgy enough that I don't know if like he'd be able to get her quickly, especially if she was just trying to flee because she was there for something for another purpose. But yeah, you're right. It actually is kind of hard to find a purpose for her to be. Uh, I mean, like I don't want to make an obvious like Deadpool comparison, but the Deadpool comparisons are there for people to make them. Of yeah. Like it, it would be more of it. Like she would appear probably in some, you know, public place in a very this is weird multiverse stuff stuff happening, and then when Peter comes to investigate, she takes a swing at him because he's a costumed weirdo. Yeah. Um, but he could probably subdue her fairly easily. And then, and then after that, it's just you know talking to people. Yeah, like if she was there to do a job. Like if if that's what if that's what her goal was, we we could probably break down, and she'd probably do better than you think. I think Peter would still obviously ultimately take her, but honestly, I don't think there's just a job in New York. No, that's going to be something that Harley would get care about. Like Har- Harley is not an independent character. Um, like that, that's actually one of the things I think that separates her from somebody like Deadpool is Deadpool can be an independent character. He's at his best when he's not. But Deadpool can just run around without a cast and just get into wacky hijinks on his own. Like, Harley doesn't really do that. Har- Harley relies on being part of the bigger universe, and if this is her first time being in it, um, and nobody there matches her energy other than the one person, maybe Gwenpool yeah. as well, um, then like I just I don't see her like having anything to fight for here. Uh see... So next up, we have Professor Hugo Strange. Uh, now, Professor Hugo Strange, he's a, he's an old Batman villain. Like he's he comes from like back Golden Age, back when he was more of a pulp hero. Yeah. Um, and he is noteworthy for being a, a psychiatrist. Yep. And a chemist. Um, he basically uses a serum that. In addition to allowing allowing to control people, turns them into monster men. Um, some of which can grow to like kaiju kaiju size. Um, now, when he shows up in the Marvel universe, give me the give me the Hugo Strange story. Uh, see, I, I, I will say the one thing that you didn't say, which I think is his other claim to fame is. Um, he often figures out who Batman is or gets so close that it doesn't I'm get, matter. I'm getting to that. Okay. So, let's uh, see. Here we go. Um, give me a second. I had to, I had to, I had to pull, so, pull up some supplementary stuff. Okay. So, uh, Professor Hugo Strange, he appears in, in, uh, in Marvel. He realizes he's in New York. Gotham doesn't exist. Um, he learns that oh, there is a Doctor Strange here, but he's very different. <laughs> um, but in Marvel, because there's a lot more multiversal traffic, um, there probably is some way to officially get citizenship. Yes, uh, you know, for this multiverse. Yes, some official channels to go through. Now, once he does that. Um, I would say he parlays his uh, expertise into getting a job at the Ravencroft Institute. Uh, the Ravencroft Institute is in Westchester, New York. 
and it's kind of Marvel's equivalent to Arkham Asylum. Yes. Um, there have been several, you know, noteworthy characters that have been there. Um, John Jonah Jameson, uh, Warwolf is like the warden there. Uh, Cass- uh, Cletus Cassidy was. I was gonna uh, say the, the there. Ven- Venom and and, uh, and Carnage uh, gets in there a lot because technically what the, what happened yeah. to them has broken their minds. It's also where I think Shriek was from. I think. No, that was that was in. I'm thinking of the of the movie. Um, I don't, I, I don't know what Shriek's comic book origins were. Um, oh yeah, she was she was one of the um, uh, I think she's one of the fa- the Foundation Five uh, symbiotes. Yeah, um, Osborn was also sent there. Yes. So Osborn died there. Now once he's now once he's there, Hugo is a lot more in his element. Uh, he's got a bunch of impressionable, sometimes superpowered minds. He can he can work and sculpt, and a lot of them don't like Spider Man. That's very true. So I think his story happens over long form. He's probably more of like a C plot thing that you know you see in the back of issues leading up. Um, until he starts to basically, from testimony, start getting a psychological profile of Spider Man. Um, because it would be noteworthy he's the he's the Spider Man that the Daily Bugle won't shut the hell up about. Right. Um. And he could probably, over, you know, over the course of like you know a fifty issue run that about a different villain, probably figure out who Peter is. Yeah. Um. Now, once he does that, I mean, depending on who he has there with him and how much he's doing stuff on them, uh, he'd probably be able to figure out a, a few uh, superhero identities. But, yeah. um, but like there are people who who would just. Uh, who wouldn't just tell him, but like considering like this is what he does, he might be able to just get out of them anyway. Yeah, because he 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 is the type of person to very unethically use drugs and you know hypnotherapy and just all manner of of uh, of, men, of of mental you know you know hoodoo fuckery to get you to tell him what you don't want him to know, uh, and let and leverage that against you. Now that being said, there's a lot less to leverage Peter Parker on because he's no longer a billionaire. That's true. Um, that is true. Because uh, I, I think, like uh, in the Batman animated series, uh, that was why why he was doing it to um, uh, to Bruce. Yeah, because he wanted to find out <laughs> Bruce's dark secrets to to blackmail him. Exactly. And then when that didn't work, just you know, sell it to his enemies. Which is technically a still viable thing to do here. Yeah, um, but it's but remember with Hugo Strange that was something he 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 he's after the money. He's very he would very much be willing to okay cash out and go live on an island somewhere. So he probably after he figured out Peter's identity, offered to sell it to to the highest bidder. Um, you know. The one that just jumps out at me is Kingpin. Um, if Kingpin doesn't know if, it if, if Kingpin doesn't know, I don't think he knows. Uh, I thought in... I might be wrong, but I thought in the uh, the run that was... Uh, right after Dan Slott uh, left, uh, it's, the one, it's the run I'm currently reading. Um, Nick Spencer? The Nick Spencer run, I thought he knew it during that. Because uh, that big fucking ghost thing that was chasing Peter for most of that series. Kindred. Kindred. Yeah, I think Kindred had told him. 
Because like I know like I know that like while vigilantism was technically illegal in New York under Mayor Kingpin, yeah, Spider- no, Spider- no one struck out at Spider Man. Well, Spider Man was specifically allowed to uh, to continue his vigilantism. Uh, it wasn't that like no one stopped him. He was he was the only hero that was actively allowed to do it. Uh, the cops could not stop Spider Man from doing it. Um, but I don't remember if he if uh, he actually told him that it was like Peter Parker. Uh, but I know that like Kindred was manipulating Kingpin uh, via fear. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, for for Strange, probably either Fisk himself or just the Daily Bugle. Yeah, J. Jonah. Yeah, but both of those would very much be willing to be willing to pay. Um, and honestly, at that point, it, it I don't know I don't know how Peter. Uh, would handle that, um, because I mean, uh, until uh, I guess when the monster men started showing up, because he def he definitely just released those to kind of fuck with Spider Man as he was making his site profile. Yeah. Um. Well, so here's the thing. So like, I, I don't want to give this a definitive end. Uh, I actually do like the the idea that Hugo might be able to just fucking get away. Um, just because once again, like as as we've kind of come across here, like. A lot of times the more interesting run is like, hey, if they can survive more than that six issues, that's a sign of a pretty fun villain because you can probably use them again. Yeah. Um, but so for this, uh, I'm thinking that uh, Peter either finds out about the uh, the auction uh, and then makes an effort to go stop it, uh, which whether or not he's successful could be up to whoever was writing that thing. Yeah. But it wouldn't be impossible because once again uh, – Peter does have friends with money who do know who he is. So depending on if like somebody had their ear to the ground, uh, like it, like depending on how, like how Hugo was positioned this auction, it's not impossible to say like Felicia wouldn't come across like, uh, like oh like, you know she she probably has her ear out for like oh when people are doing big trades, even though this isn't a material trade, it might just be something that comes across her radar. She could let him know. Uh, Jay Jonah um, for a time, I don't remember if he still does. Um, not only was he, uh, did he know who Peter was, he was actively the guy in the chair for him, uh, recently. Yeah, I don't know if he's still doing that. Uh, I don't know if he's still doing that. I don't know if he still, if he even still knows, uh, via some type of bullshittery or chicanery that... Well, well once again, we typically go for the most well-known. For the mo- most well-known, but, uh, but yeah, I think that there's a possibility that Peter finds out about the auction and goes to stop it, um, which... Uh, depending on like what your next trade is, you influence that. Yeah. Um, because hell, hell, even if like Hugo has to flee, um, like maybe Spider Man has to uh, continues to chase after him, or maybe uh, the person who maybe Hugo gets the money doesn't deliver the name because he doesn't have a chance to flees with the money, tries to just make the best of what he can, or. Or that he's able to uh, frame it in such a way that he releases the information, just nobody believes him. Yeah, because that 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 is what happened in that Batman the animated series episode. Yeah. Um. So next up is Hush. Uh, Doctor Thomas Elliot, uh, you know, noteworthy surgeon, shows up in, you know, in New York. With a with a face that no one recognizes. Once again, a character that I don't know if you can remove from Bruce Wayne, um, because what 
purpose would he serve? Like, sure, uh, like, Thomas it, has a lot of skills and stuff like that. But he's just a guy with a couple guns. But he's ultimately a guy with a couple of guns. Now, if we if if this wasn't what it was, if we weren't if we were doing like, oh hey, let's take the concept of the bad guy and apply it to the uh, to them. Um, and so now we have a guy who's obsessed with Peter Parker, uh, Flash Thompson style. Yeah. And uh, and mutilates his face and blah 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 blah. That's a different story that we could talk about and break down and deconstruct and reconstruct and see what, what what's there. That's not what we're doing here today. So uh, yeah, the, the the only the only way I could I could see him fitting into Marvel would be as a essentially the villainous equivalent of Night Nurse. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. I I don't, but I don't think it still technically works for what Thomas yeah, it, does. Yeah, it, it it well he he is a he is a surgeon. Well, yeah, the, but I mean, the good, like the good thing in, in comic books, once you're a doctor, you're every kind of doctor. <laughs> what I meant, like for what I meant for what, what he does is, I mean, it's not what he does like in the comics. Yeah, but like also, I was like trying to think conceptually. If Peter was still a billionaire, that would be a reason for it. There is no other reason to surgically make yourself Peter Parker and take Peter Parker's life. Yeah, like at that point, like you would do it to somebody. You do it to Stark. Stark. Yeah. You know, and and you wouldn't do it start because he's also well known vigilante Iron Man. Yeah, Th- Tom Thomas just don't work here. Yeah, and this one it, it would it would be like you know he he would he would do something for somebody not even based in New York he he goes and surgically alters himself to make him like Jeff Bezos, <laughs> and you know Jeff Bezos becomes a completely different form of supervillain. Um, next up, Joker. Joker took some doing for me. Okay. Um, because I mean, well, my ex- most extensive one was uh, was Norman. Yeah. So um, Joker appears in New York. Gotham doesn't exist. His his the per- the the per- person that he's so infatuated with doesn't exist. So Joker is kind of a sad clown for a little while. You know, just kind of bumming around New York. It'll murder someone, sleeps in their bed. Right. Standard Mr. J stuff. Until he finds a Daily Bugle article. Talking about this menace Spider-Man. <laughs> but, he sees Spider-Man, you know, swinging through and saving people. The 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 man on the street. Yeah, Spider-Man's a hero. Yeah. So... Now that now that he has experience now now that he sees a a hero who is noteworthy to the people in power is noteworthy noteworthily dragged, but somehow you know perseveres through the abuse. That that kid just needs one more bad day. <laughs> um, that wasn't that was intentional what I did, and I can't blame you for not subscribing anymore. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so he would then start to go, okay, what are the noteworthy things that Spider-Man does? Um, how do I how do I fuck with him? Um, and I think at that point you, I pull from like the old Golden Age Joker plots of what he used to do was he uh, he 
you would probably in the modern climate post a YouTube video or something. Yeah. Of announcing, I'm going to kill this person unless Spider-Man, you know, uh, reveals his identity. And he, anna- he announces it, you know, the, and the, pers- the person the person dies, but no one is able to understand how he did it. And I'm not going to say how he did it because I'm not a murderer and I don't know how. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, they kind of did this story. Good cover. They kind of did this story in, in, in the animated series and turns out uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Timm are also not master murderers because they just had Joker shooting swordfish at people. <laughs> Um, but it, it goes like this until Joker targets J. Jonah Jameson. And basically, basically we do the killing joke storyline. Yeah. But with J. Jonah, with J. Jonah in the Gordon role. Um, and. Oh, does that mean Betty Brant gets it? No, he's, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm, he doesn't shoot anybody in the gut. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't mean the, I don't mean the Barbara Gordon part. <laughs> But basically, you know, with Spider with Spider Man having to go through some lair filled with filled with traps, um, and uh, you know, to save someone who otherwise scorns him, right? You know, and, it, and you know, you have some skilled writer who know who can write Joker better than I can approximate him to you know give him all manner of weird social commentary basically basically you know t- take Alan Moore even though he would protest just chain him to a desk and say you're going to write you're going to write it or else right um now he probably he, once he gets to Joker he beats five shades of shit out of Joker <laughs> like you know the 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 sharp the the razor card the the acid flower I don't see any of that hurting Spider-Man unduly um, but I also don't think abducting Jonah is going to be enough to make Peter snap his neck. No, um, because ultimately it's not like uh, like it would be hacky if like one of his announced victims happened to be somebody that wasn't Jonah that's close to Peter. It was like uh, May Parker. Yeah, like why the hell would well, yeah. you care? Like. I mean, to be fair, like if he's lashing out at, at random for the first few, uh, that makes a little bit of sense because it's just like okay, he's he's kind of just like sending a message. Yeah. But yeah, when it's when it's Jay Jonah, the person like, who the, the first the first few are just to get his just to get his name in the paper. Right. And then then Jay Jonah is the is his big finale. Um. So, man, you know what? Like, honestly, Jay Jonah, there's a good chance Jay Jonah does uh, one bad day and snap. Like, I don't think Jay Jonah recovers from, uh, from oh, what from happens. Oh, from Mr. Jay's tender mercies? Yeah. Uh, like, he's always been mentally unstable to begin with. And I don't mean that in, like, an actual, like, derogatory way to talk about, like, mental health. I mean, like, clearly, like... Mr. Uh, that uh, Mr. Uh, J. Jonah mm-hmm. uh, has always been not of a sound mind when it comes to a lot of his decision making. What with how many supervillains he's created um, and the mental gymnastics that have allowed him to do it, um, and allow him to, uh, allow allows himself to constantly see himself as a as some type of hero. Um, but 
uh, yeah, I, I think with uh, with with what would happen there, like um, I don't, I'm not saying it, it snaps him and turns him into a full supervillain himself, uh, but I am saying that like I think that like uh, Jameson has a long road to recovery afterwards. Yeah, uh, something that he might have to be helped with by Peter. I mean that that makes for a hell of a, a hell of a final panel, you know. Joker face down, face down on in the in the puddle, and you know, Jay Jonah's uh, you know starts to starts to cackle. He, he literally does like the Killing Joke laugh, like yeah. ba- like like knees on the ground, yeah, you know, holding his head, yeah, yeah, back arched, holding his head, and then like the haws written in that Joker way. Um, like hell, that's that's a fucking panel right there for you. Yeah. Now I think that's probably. That's probably the best Spider-Man story that you're going to get out of the Joker. Um, there's one other I can think of, which is... It's also kind of a, a, a Flash villain story. Um, um, and the other problem is, is that it's also a story that's been done with Joker to an extent. Only uh, Peter wouldn't have the wherewithal to do it with the same panache. But uh, I don't remember who wrote it, uh, but I know that it's, it, it's become kind of virally famous. The storyline where uh, Joker decided to uh, uh, dip his feet into Metropolis, and he planted called it justice. No, no, no. The one where he uh, he dipped his feet into Metropolis and like planted bombs everywhere. Superman went and like snatched up all the bombs before Joker could detonate them. Like like literally like the like uh, he meets Joker on top of a building. Joker tries to hold the city hostage, and then like but like while Joker is pulling out the detonator. Superman has already flown around the entire city and gathered up everyone in the bombs. <laughs> and uh, he's like, oh, I can still detonate him. And, he's, and Superman's like, oh, I also evacuated this building while you're pulling out, uh, pulling this out. The only person that these bombs can, can, can kill now is you. And, uh, and then he just kind of sits down with Joker and like, has a heart-to-heart with him. And uh, at the end, uh, when Joker like just walks down to the bottom of the building and walks at the front doors into the arms of the cops that are waiting there for them, he t- he swears to never come back to Metropolis because Superman isn't funny. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't know who wrote that. I just know it's become kind of viral because of like Superman's compassion, kind of just destroying uh, Mister J. Uh, by sitting down and being like, "Hey, man, what's what's going on with you?" Well, also just yeah, just. <laughs> Soups is just out of Joker's depth. Yeah. Um, now um, one one other one other cool dynamic that uh, that I would like to see in Spider Man v Joker. Um, they're both characters that use humor. Um, and Joker really doesn't like it when his heroes joke at him. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he 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 doesn't he doesn't he doesn't like you stealing his spotlight. And I'm very interested to see how he would react to Peter's humor. Um, because, like, while Spider-Man in our world is known as a jokey character, the people in Marvel, no one finds him funny. Mary Jane does. Mary Jane's the only one who finds him funny. That That is that is what she likes about him. Yes. Um, the villains find him frustrating. Uh, his heroic allies... Uh, some of them find it find it charming. Most of his best heroic friends find it irritating. Um, except like even even Deadpool doesn't hardly react to Peter's jokes. Right. 
so I'd be very curious how Joker would react to Peter's humor if he would just be irritated, um, you know, the, the way everyone else is, or he, he might actually get a chuckle, and that'd be why he, he's so pissed off. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the starter of the start of what I was saying is like a, of Joker planting bombs everywhere and using that as like a way to hold the city hostage. Um, but the only reason that that doesn't work is once again we have New York's filled with heroes and yep. um, and at that point there's so no. So that being said, it's not it's not like it's not like there's it's not like they're on a group text. It's not like Peter can put up the Spidey signal. His Spidey signal doesn't even work that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he puts in a call to Miles. Miles puts a call into the champions. The blah 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 blah. Like, like yeah, like it, it it definitely could be done. But um, well, because the problem with something like that is like, why doesn't he at that point? Yeah. Um, when you when you make it so it's spread out all all over New York, um, like the 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 question of why becomes overpowering, you know, um. Marvel famously, and this is a, a massive leap here, but just follow me. Marvel very infamously put out their 9-11 issue of oh, everyone God. dealing with the fallout from 9-11 uh, because New York is a staple feature in, in Marvel Comics. And while there are definitely people who took comfort in it, like overall, especially like as time wore on, it very quickly became kind of a joke because it's like, why did none of the heroes stop planes from hitting the towers? Oh, that's 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 not that's not the one that I, that we that that's not the part that that irks me. But a lot of people did yeah, bring that up. I, yeah, but like the the part the part that, I, that always seemed like tone deaf and tactless for me was uh, there's a uh, panel or a page rather of Kingpin, Magneto, and Doctor Doom. Yeah. Standing in the rubble of the towers, saying how this is uh, this is the worst thing that anyone's ever done. These three men have done worse. Yeah, in the context of their own stories, they've done much worse. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, like uh, when you when you get things like that, uh, it, it be like when you expand the when you try to pull the universe too like too too far away. Um, People will notice. Yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, I do. I do like uh, the the one more day thing, and I actually think that like it's not even really hacky to do something like that because why would Joker not try to pull his greatest hit on a different world? Yeah. Um, now, after that big story, I don't know. I think Joker just becomes a guy, a guy that Peter's if he if he sees him, it's on sight. Right. Um, but it, but. I think Joker would probably much more easier. It'd be much more easier to Joker to menace different, a different hero, like Miles. He would probably be a be a much more terrifying opponent for. Yeah, um, but then of course there's, there's always uh, as he we can't really talk Marvel without talking about him. Uh, at some point he runs into Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, well, which, I should hope not. Deadpool will just shoot him. Yes. Yes, he will. For trying to be funny. Well, I mean, this is Deadpool. He'll, he'll probably no. I'm gonna do what Batman can't. <laughs> oh yeah, just straight up reference Batman. Yes, of course. I mean, hell, Miles, Miles has seen Superman. Yeah. Um. Well, so has Peter. 
Has he? Yeah. I'm talking like in the sliding scale timeline, like Miles has recently seen something. Oh, in recent? No. I don't, I don't think so. Uh, yeah. But but I know that, you know, that the, uh, you know, appearance of DC Heroes is a noteworthy part of Marvel canon um, in one of the uh, recent, it was either the recent Thor run or the what if, or the what if uh, Miles became Thor. Um, but they reference previous holders of Mjolnir and they basically show silhouettes and in the silhouettes they show Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh, and, uh, in Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen sitting in a tree. Uh, I think is what the name of the, the comic was called. It was a crossover between uh, Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen back before she was uh, Ghost Spider. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they are just multiverse hopping, um, uh, kind of on, a, on, a, on an accident. <laughs> and one of the, the, the multiverse they pop into for one minute, um, you see the, uh, the Daily Planet, and you see a red and blue uh, blue streak going across the sky. Dope. Like they just straight up see Superman. All right. So next up we have uh, Killer Croc. Uh, the noteworthy bit here is for 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 Waylon Jones is by the definition of how people are handled in Marvel, uh, Waylon would technically be a mutant. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, his skin his skin condition is naturally occurring, um, and the and it and it he basically has an atavism that causes uh, you know him to express traits of things that we evolved from. That's where his super strength, his regeneration, his toughness, and everything that comes from. Um, so you know, basically he would he would he would show he would show up. Uh, as a big crocodile man, people would scream and call him weird. And when the police inevitably arrest him, um, they find out he's a mutant, and then he has to deal with all the mutant bullshit. Yeah, so once again, doesn't doesn't really face with Spider Man because Spider Man Spider Man would just straight up call the X Men to come get him. Yeah, like unless Waylon was like actively trying to antagonize him. And the the weird thing is, is like Waylon is mostly reformed. He'll work as a criminal heavy, but he's not a serial murderer. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. Was um, the other thing is is uh, is like the lizard, the things most uh, comparable to. Um, Peter doesn't fight the lizard to beat the shit out of him. Peter, when Peter encounters Kirk Connors, he tries to talk. He tries to talk to him, like he, he he always tries to pull the man out of the beast. And uh, when that's just a thing that Wayland can do. Um, there's no real reason that Peter doesn't just like be like, "Hey, um, I don't know, like I don't know about wh- wh- what it's like when you came from here. You're not that different. Yeah, like what you're thinking is making you a freak here. Like, yeah, maybe to the average person you're strange, but honestly, let me introduce you to a place where there's a bunch of people like you. Yeah, um, and also you know in modern Marvel, uh, where you know the X Men are all in Krakoa. They haven't that the, one of their opening manifestos were any uh, any mutant seeking asylum and any mutant who is in jail has a pardon on Krakoa, and once you get Waylon to Krakoa, he just stays there. Yeah, it's it's a it's actually a pretty good life if you're a mutant on Krakoa. Yeah, hell, uh, uh, Waylon needs to find a way to get over to Marvel Universe. Yeah, live his best life. 
you know, he, you know, he, he get he gets he gets a he gets a he gets a, uh, a very over the top suit to wear to the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> you know, Killer Croc might be on an X Men team. <laughs> so yeah, not really a long story there. It's just it's it's it might be two issues. Yeah, once again, a character that just kind of easily slots into Marvel. Funny enough, yeah. Um, see, uh, Killer Moth, uh, Drury Walker. Uh, walks down a random alley, a bunch of uh, you know, a bunch of high schoolers think he looks weird, and he's and that he's weak, and they beat him up and leave him bleeding in an alley and take his stuff. <laughs> you know you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Killer Moss' biggest claim to fame is that he is the villain that Batgirl beat when she debuted. Yeah, I don't know why you put him on this list. I'm I'm literally going down the list. It's just <laughs> like Drury is not he he wants to he wants to be Batman's Moriarty. He is not. Yeah, let's let's. Hey, we we gave him a mention, which is probably the last time somebody's mentioned him in the last three years. So yeah, except for somebody who might might have watched that episode of Teen Titans. Uh, silky. The next we have uh, Mad Hatter. Now see now th- there we go now we, now we're in somebody a little yeah, more interesting. Jer- Jervis Tetch. Um, he is normally he's inspired by Alice in Wonderland to you know to, as that as a theme of his crimes. Um, but he he does create he does create the uh, mind control technolo- technology that allows him to take over people normally in the forms of either a headband. Or a card that he has to slip onto their person. Right. Um, one of the other things that he also has is a fascination with Alice. Um, in the Batman animated series episode that introduces him, the his uh, romantic paramour in that is a woman named Alice that he that he's crushing on. Right. Um, you know, in the uh, supplementary comics of the Arkham series of games, he's responsible for abducting several women several blonde women and basically putting them in the Alice dress and having her be his Alice. Um, so this is going to be a bit of a dark story. <laughs> um, but similar to, similar to, uh, your, to, to your hang up, uh, with, um, Jackal when you're going, Oh, who's the, who's the hottest blonde in DC? Which we said we we said uh, uh, Black Canary. I didn't think of it at the time. I should have said Power Girl. But who's the hottest? Blonde? Well, he ain't getting he ain't getting fucking Power Girl. All right. But who's who's the hottest? Who's the hottest blonde in Marvel? Thor, and he ain't getting Thor. <laughs> uh, no, but if we're sticking Spider Man, Spider uh, Ghost Spider is, yes. and she's a college student. Yep. And this and this totally gets uh gets Spider a an, another Gwen to rescue. And and possibly you know uh, you know nail himself to a crossover. Well, I'm gonna say like uh, I mean, fucking Gwen could. I mean, this this is could just be a Ghost Spider story, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he just shows up in Gwen's universe. No, like he shows up in NYU and fucking uh, tries to abduct the blonde girl there um, and uh, starts calling her Alice and shit. Yeah. Um, like. That shit can just happen, uh, but if we want to get, 
See, I don't like taking agency away from Gwen. Like, it's a little bit different if it's well, a it's, character it's, being it's, created for the story. It's literally had her shtick. Yeah. Um, so, like, that's why it's different if it's like, oh, this is just a woman that's part of the story. And, you know, like, she's, she's just an unknown character. That way, like, the stakes are on what a villain he is for doing this to this poor woman. Whereas if it's, like, Spider-Gwen... Uh, you know, she's a character. She's a character in her own right, with her own autonomy and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I was I was initially going to think about just bring him over, but earlier in Spider-Man's history, bring him back while Peter was in college, and he actually does just target Gwen. Uh, but then again, once, uh, uh, but in that instance, in that instance, uh, Jervis Tetch wakes up one day in a room full of Jervis Tetches. <laughs> Um, uh, except for all the other Jervis touches have been modified to have like fucking um, spider mandibles, and, and a man uh, with a, and a man in a, in a jackal suit says, "Stay away, stay out of my territory." Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was getting at. So uh, yeah, I was only gonna say Gwen because like she also does have a fairly char- characteristic headband that she wears. Yes, um, but. Uh, but if we're saying like, oh, this is a spot, this is this is gonna be a Spider-Man story. Gwen just just happened to to fall into it. That, that's fine. That happens. Yeah. Peter, she rescues Peter. Peter rescues her. That's fine. Um. Sometimes she beats. Sometimes she beats Peter to death. That's also fine. Yeah. Uh, um, I would also say like you know he gets a few other blondes before he gets to Gwen though. Um. Like it should. It sh- there should be like you know. Oh, there's been blonde women disappearing. Right. Uh. But um. You know, and if and if we want to go classic Spider-Man, you know, maybe, maybe he 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 meets he meets uh, you know skilled engineer, software engineer Jervis Tetch, <laughs> you know, in, in issue one of the story, so that he can fight Mad Hatter in issue five or six. Well, I mean, that's actually not not that bad of an idea. Is that like uh, we we still stick with the the Jackal stick because uh, Jackal has a, is a known and already dealt with quality mm-hmm. in uh, in it, so. We still introduce uh, the professor who is who becomes too obsessed with uh, with New Gwen. Yeah. Uh, because Peter also teaches at N- NYU. Um, I don't know if he still does, but I know he he, he, he was, did at one point. He was when I was like when I like he is where I'm reading in the comics. I'm like a couple of years behind now. Um, but uh, but yeah, so Gwen, uh, so he 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 targets other women. Peter like, keeps meeting this guy. Um, hell, maybe they even exchange a little bit of information about like nerd stuff. Like uh, Peter's pretty well read. Uh, I believe that he, it's not a, a stretch to say that like uh, Peter's read plenty of uh, Lewis Carroll himself. Yeah. Uh, so that they 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 kind of like bond over some literature and and some stuff. Uh, hell, maybe Peter even introduces Gwen to him. Where it's like, hey, like he's making this uh, a friend or something like that. Uh, Gwen comes up to like say something to him, and and uh, while like they're like on on a faculty lunch or something, and uh, and that ties the, that ties her into the story, uh, you know. But all this time in the background, like there's these talks of these like women disappearing. The way that you handle it, obviously, is like. You know, like they wake up, they're tied to a chair, they're in a dark room. They have like the head, like they have, they, they, don't, they don't have the headband on yet. A dark figure walks in, places the headband on them. You know, starts saying some creepy, ominous Lewis Carroll shit. Yeah, you don't actually see Tetch, even though the audience already can make the assumption. See the silhouette of the giant hat. Yeah, you you just see like the the 
like uh, make like a, a full blackened out uh, picture, but with like the little edges of the green on the hat and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, some edge lighting and uh, uh, and yeah, and so you, you build it from there to by like issue three, like Gwen goes missing, and uh, Peter probably maybe because they were doing some type of technology exchange because Hatter. Um, historically, all of his uh, mind control devices are large. Yeah, Peter. Peter's specialty, like the thing that Peter is truly good at in the Marvel universe, is not nanotechnology but microtechnology. Like he's very, very good at taking a piece of technology and making it much, much smaller. Um, it's it's literally a thing that he does all of the time. Um, and so like he maybe he's worked out ways to be like. Oh, well, here's a way you can make this 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 tech uh, smaller. Yeah. Uh, Gwen disappears, and uh, and uh, for whatever reason, maybe uh, uh, maybe he just gets a bad vibe off of Tetch after talking to her after Gwen has disappeared. Like or, something. Or is... or one other thing that Hatter will do is he'll mind control thugs to go commit crimes for him. So once. Once Peter finds out criminals that, you know, he beats them up and, I don't know, he sees a chip fall out of their ear or something. Well, I was going to say, like, because, like, he's he's been doing this exchange, maybe maybe Peter has inadvertently helped him out by, like, helping miniaturize uh, yeah. Jarvis's tech. And while he's examining it, like, uh, like he finds out that it's also, like, boosting a, like, there's also, like, a, a signal boost that, like, allows him to find out where it goes. And, like, he... Uh, and perhaps, like, when he's, like, looking into it and he's able to trace, like, where this person had been, he realized that, like, this, that the the mind control device that he'd been given had been used on one of the other Alice's. And so, like, when he, when he like, kind of follows it around, it's like, oh, wait, this is where that girl was, was, was found, or this was, like, her last known location. Or, you know, he, he's able to find something out, and then, like, he starts using that to kind of, like, back way his way into uh, Tech's system, into uh, Tech's system yeah. and uh, find Gwen that way. And uh, by that point, uh, because Peter's already helped to miniaturize the Tech, like, most of NYU has been kind of infected by this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been slowly getting it. Like, uh, Jervis was, uh, was putting it in fucking, like, the lunch meat or some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, when people were coming, uh, to the quad and just, uh, <laughs> and doing stuff, like, maybe he was handing out something or, or fucking wrist strong bracelets. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and, uh, now, like, he's, he's controlling the student body. These are Peter's fucking students, like, uh, like, just kids. And now Peter has to beat up his own students the way he's always wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Call me Puny Parker again. You're a grown ass man. <laughs> grown ass man. He just relive, reliving childhood trauma. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think that that works. And then oh uh, yeah, and then the finale. Uh, you know, I mean, he he doesn't no, he, he's not gonna know that Gwen Stacy is Spider Woman, but he can probably figure out pretty quick that she has super strength. Yeah. You know, and then, like, you know, the final bit, because you're not going to have Jervis punching Spider-Man. So this way that this way there's there's a there's a boss fight at the end of Peter trying to defeat Stacy. Yeah. Um, you, you get a, a Spider-Gwen on a Spider-Man battle. Um, and, uh, 
and Peter try either trying not to hurt her or something like that. Like he ends up like having to lead her away because like the because typically Peter doesn't like to get uh, doesn't like to get into like knuckle dragouts anyway if he can avoid them. Yeah. He probably just tries to lead her away into something, into a, uh, into something that would like fry the chip, like something that has like a strong electromagnetic field, or something that uh, he he's he's discovered could nullify the chip while he was experimenting on it. Well, and, like, uh, doesn't, and doesn't he uh, just carry like taser webs? Once again, we we, was, we established that he does not have access to all of his webbing all of the time. He just carries around what he normally carries around, which, yes, he does carry around laser webs. He does not have them with him um, 100% of the time. Okay. Uh, like, that was a Spider-Man Mark... Uh, that was a Spider-Armor Mark IV feature where he could just swip his, uh, switch his webbing uh, at, at will. And, hell, actually, for that matter, maybe he does have his webs uh, kept in, like, a desk drawer or something like that. Yeah. Like, he has, like, some, some well, spare like, shooters. Once he, once, he, once he figures out that these are people controlled with microchips... He might just make some. Yeah. And, uh, uh, hell, the idea of him, like, being in one of the, the labs trying to, like, throw together something real quick, and they're just pouring in through the walls like zombies to, uh, to try to get him. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, like, how this whole thing starts. He starts taking them out, uh, whatever device he's created that, like, that neuralizes the chip, uh, like, uh, his spider sense goes off, and all of a sudden, like, uh, a, a flying kick knocks it out of his hand and uh, there's Gwen. She breaks the device and uh, now he has to get it off Gwen but he doesn't have the, the thing he just made to do that. And uh, and so now he has to figure out a way to uh, to get it off of her yeah. without hurting her. Uh, yeah, that's a good story. That's a, that's a fun story. I think it definitely works. Um, it's basically a, a slightly smaller scale Spider Island. Yes, uh, uh, I I hope that Tetch didn't like once he figures out like what's going on with, with Gwen, decides to just like emulate her powers and give every one of his uh, students uh, uh, ghost spider powers. Oh no, I don't want to. I don't want to see Spider Academy. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, Man Bat. Not a story. <laughs> no. Once he cured what. Once he cures Langstrom, because this is that's very much similar to Connor's. Yeah. Except, Man Bat is normally not evil. He's just a big, he's a, he's a big scary animal, and he behaves like an animal would. Yeah. Like, even granting the idea that like he's strong enough to break uh, Peter's webs. Uh. I think Peter would probably Peter's probably strong enough to go hand to hand with Man Bat. Yeah. Like I can I can pull up how strong Man Bat is, but I'm not expecting anything uh crazy. Yeah, Man Bat. Man uh, Batman. It almost autocorrected that. Yeah. Um which would fuck me up. But like, yeah, like the idea that uh, I mean, this is just a lizard storyline. But with oh, a no, character, he doesn't even have enhanced strength. He just has claws. Oh, then yeah, no, he's uh, uh, that that story would mostly break down to he probably claws his way out slowly, bit by bit, and keeps causing trouble. 
by just running around. But he's not the villain in that storyline. He is like the C plot to like Peter, something in Peter's life's going on. He has a date or some shit. Yeah. And he keeps trying to like lock him up, but like he can't get to the lab because he's got because he's he's booked two lunches with like uh, a potential uh, person for Investor, a business. Yeah. yeah for invi- uh, while he also like accidentally made a date with Mary Jane. Uh, and all and he, while that's happening, Man Bat swoops down in front of him and scoops somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm not even saying that. I'm saying like he keeps having to like try to tie Man Bat up so he can get to those things. Like he oh, sees like, Man Bat like first. Man Bat is like locked in a closet. <laughs> yeah, like Man Bat, like he caught Man Bat first, and like he keeps trying to like just web him to a building and be like, "Hey, buddy, just stay here for an hour. Come on, just give give me some time here." And he just keeps clawing his way out slowly. So like Peter gets like ten minutes in, like he's gotten his suit and his tie back on. Uh, uh, and like he's sitting down with the professor, he's like, "Sorry about that. I, I've got the runs today. You know how it is. Like, uh, I, I was I was eating like a a cart bagel and, or some shit. I was eating like a hot dog off the street." And, uh, and he's like from, still mid- from a street vendor. Uh, he's like still in the middle of like his explanation. And he sees fucking man bat fly off again, and he just like yeah, he, like continuously sweats more, and he's just like, "Oh, it's coming back!" And he just runs off. <laughs> And like the next time, like he 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 he, uh, he he ties him down, and he's like this time he's like he, he like fully head to toe ties him, throws him in a lock someplace, in a, in a, like a locker or something like that. Yeah. And then like breaks the lock or like crushes it in. He's like he's like please just stay here for an hour. I I, I promise I will heal. You, uh, I will cure you. I know how to do it. And then like he swings back down, and he's still wearing like the Spider Man mask as he lands to talk to MJ. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And he's like, sorry about that. Where were we? And uh, she was like, we were you being 15 minutes late. And, uh, and like, he's like, and she's like, and why are you wearing the mask? And he was like, I, I, I thought you'd like it with the mask on this time. <laughs> Thing is, I don't, that's, that's not an amazing Spider-Man issue. <laughs> I will tell you what it is. That would actually work really well. For, uh, I don't know if you remember the Marvel Adventures line. They're, they're like the size of like Reader's Digest. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they would tell, like, you know, they, they kind of had their own continuity, but, you know, you could just pick them up and read them. They were like the size of like mangas. Yeah. They would actually probably work really well in that. Cause like, but like that's the best I yeah, think Man Bat's getting. Because that, that, that is such a soap opera story. Um, but yeah, so in there it works. It is, he is not a main Marvel. No, no, sir. Um, next up, uh, Mr. Freeze. Victor Freeze. Um. A, a, a character that, that, that slots into Marvel pretty easily, uh, as we discussed last time, a lot of Victor's rogues gallery is just in it for the money. You mean a lot of Batman? No, a lot of, uh, Peter's, Peter's rogues, ga- okay. rogues gallery are just... Batman so, typically you, have sorry, personal you, you, vendettas. Well, you said Victor at first. Oh okay. Um, so yeah. Well, uh, well, like Victor is just in it for the money, typically. Yeah. So really, can, really, and even then, it's all in service to curing Nora. Yeah. Um, but I was just saying, like a lot of um, Spider-Man's villains are just in it for the money. Like Batman's villains tend to have some type of personal stake. It's why a lot of these haven't fit in fit in very well. Yeah. It's just because they're personal stake to Batman. Like. I mean, I think you did as good a Joker pitch as any, but the the reason he doesn't work is he's so personally tied to Batman. Yeah, that's why, I like, you know, I had to do the whole preamble of giving him a reason to care about Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Freeze, on the other hand, 
Um, you know, he's again brilliant. You know, engineer who uses who makes scientific marvels to rob jewelry stores. Yeah. Um, my problem is, is that even upon first encounter, because Freeze isn't going to go work for anybody. Freeze is literally no, uh, he, will, he will. He's worked for like Black Mask before. What I mean is, here he's probably not going to work for anybody. Yeah. Um, here he's probably doing the Floyd Lawton thing of like, uh, Freeze is a scientist. Uh, probably like reaches out, finds out, see if there's any other. Um, any any other super scientists? Yeah. Hell, honestly, like he probably doesn't. He probably has to like read Richards first. If he has no criminal record here or anything like that, no, nobody to like uh, stop him. Why wouldn't he just go to like the Baxter Building and try to get in with uh, the world's greatest mind? I mean, it's gonna look weird. He's a he's a he's a man in a big in a big refrigerator suit carrying a giant ice gun. But I don't think that's that raises any more red flags than anything else normally does. Um, I mean, yeah, if he walks uh, in, if, if he, he walks in peacefully, yeah. I mean, if he if he if he walks in and goes to the desk and says, "I would like to speak with uh with Reed Richards," he, he probably gets an audience, especially wearing the robot suit carrying an ice gun. Yeah, um, especially because there's not like ice guns are just a thing in DC. Yeah, they're not in Marvel. Uh, like like other than like Bobby, um, uh, Bobby Iceman Drake, mm-hmm. uh. Ice powers aren't really a thing in Marvel. Yeah, I can't think of I can't think of many. Yeah. Uh, so like I, like like just ice guns in DC, you're, you're like you can start popping them off. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's not really a thing here. So uh, so hell, just just reads natural curiosity alone of seeing this piece of technology, which. Like, on its own, doesn't really sound all that impressive, but it's, considering it's a piece of technology that doesn't exist in this world, probably would be able to get his interest. And just from that exchange, like, uh, like it's not like Reed couldn't tell him about, like, the interdimensional portal shit. Now, this being Reed and probably what sets uh, Victor off... I'm sorry, I completely stepped over whatever thing you had out of plan, but... Oh, no, I didn't I didn't have, I didn't have much. Because, like, Free, Freeze, like... If he can just go somewhere and get help, Freeze doesn't really become a villain in this story. Unless, oh, I, I'm unless, unless, unless Peter had like a, is coming from a really bad day and just sees the guy and asks no questions, just starts whooping ass. I, I am getting to like what happens here though, where I think he does become a villain. Mm-hmm. He goes and talks to to Reed, and Reed is like, uh, "Oh, okay, so you're some type of dimensional hopper, blah blah blah. That's why you have this technology that we don't have." Uh, and he's like, "Well." Um, Oh, and you want to get back because you're helping your wife? That's very sad. Um, well, we've we've got Galactus due in like two weeks, and I gotta start prepping my uh, Galacticun to uh, <laughs> to stop him. Um, like, and then I have like a whole backlog of like about a hundred other people that need me for their scientific miracles. Um, I promise Victor that as soon as I'm I am able, I will devote some time to you. And uh, Victor then gets his uh, uh, starts to get a little hot under uh, under his ice hood, and is like, "No, my thing is more important. Put me to the top of the list." Reed, being the character that he is, is just like, "Nope, you, you came in when you did when you came in. I don't. I'm not giving you any type of special treatment." Uh, Victor takes his ice gun, uh, leaves, and then starts trying to find other game in town. And once again. Uh, uh, Knowing now that he would work for somebody, yeah, we get the same thing that Floyd did. Of uh, 
He goes to Kingpin, uh, finds some shit out. Uh, Kingpin puts him on a, like, gives him some some minions and starts uh, putting him out to town to work on, like, busting uh, banks and shit. Yeah. Because uh, he's brand new in town, like, like sure, like just, just like running, running up on a on like a bank or a jewelry store isn't really Kingpin's thing, but if you got some new guy in town, like no one's gonna think it's like Kingpin's backing this anyway. Yeah, that he's, that he's bankrolling it. I mean, hell, it's fist. So honestly, the robbery itself is probably part of an insurance scam anyway. Yeah. Um. Uh. So now we got now we have uh, reason for. The alarms to go off, uh, Peter to jump in, um, and all of that set up to Thwip Yank. Yep. Uh, Thwip Yank kick. Yeah, like um, if anything, it's probably gonna go bad because he's gonna kick, and Victor's gonna fall over, crack the helmet, and you know, be obviously overheating. Yes, like like like. Part of the issue becomes because Spider-Man doesn't know who he's dealing with. Like, yes, he's pulling his punches, but he's also seeing a dude in a robot suit, so he's probably not pulling them to, like, oh, this is just a regular dude punches. This is probably, oh, this is a robot dude punches. Yeah. Um, which probably still bangs up most of his equipment. Um, and uh, sure, he'll sympathize afterwards, um, but, and be like, hey, buddy, uh, just wait for Reed. And he's like, Nora! And he's like, I, I know, man. I know. You're just going to have to wait for Reed. Uh, I'm sorry, but you're going into the raft until Reed's wait ready for you. <laughs> like, like, there's an amazing setup there, but just the fact that it is a cold gun, uh, the fact that, like, I don't see a reason why Peter, like, not even just, th- like, like thwip, thwip yank, could just, couldn't just web it up. Because it's not like the cold beam's going to go through the webs. Especially if, like, Peter doesn't just, like, fully fucking gum that shit up. Yeah, if anything, he would he would, we- he would web it up, it would freeze, create a blockage, and just blow up the gun. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So, I, I just I just don't see freeze being able to do very much to him. Um, once again, Peter would, would definitely empathize, but he'd also be like, Hey, buddy, you're going to have to go on the raft until fucking... <laughs> <laughs> just Until somebody has time to deal with your shit. Yeah. Um. Oh fuck! Uh, Blizzard. That was that was that was, that was the only that was the only other Marvel analog I could find for Freeze, who is like a D tier Iron Man villain. Oh oh yeah yeah you're right. All right. Next up, uh, Penguin, Oswald Cobblepot. Um. He 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 works for somebody until he takes him over. Yeah, like he, he's, I don't I don't see him advancing higher than like the owl. Yeah, um, I mean because we have things like the owl, it's not it's not like he doesn't slot in well. Like yeah. he, he could slot in just fine, but even then, in a lot of these storylines, Fisk. A lot of these people st- operate their own territory, but they operate it under the uh, under the knowledge that uh, as long as Fisk is getting his cut, you have a territory. Yeah. Like I don't think there's anybody. I don't think there's literally any any crime lords um, that operate inside of New York, inside the five boroughs, that uh, don't technically answer to Fisk. 
Even if they would say like, "Oh, I don't answer to Fisk. I'm my this is my territory." They're like, "Well, do you pay Fisk?" They're like, "Sure do." <laughs> <laughs> um, and Cobblepot's crafty enough that he could definitely get his own uh, empire working, but he's not pulling penguin jobs like yeah. he does in like. Well, but he also wouldn't try. Yeah. Once he once he gets an operation going, penguin will just let the operation go. Yeah. Um, like you know, until until somebody. Until an active hero comes in to try and bust him. Yeah. Um, that's the thing with, like, you know, you mentioned before, DC heroes are a lot more proactive than Marvel heroes. Yeah, that's why I'm like, I don't think Spider-Man ever, like, unless unless uh, Kyle Putt at, uh, accompanies, like, uh, some people as well, I don't see Spider-Man running out and, like, encountering him. Daredevil? Sure, maybe. Uh, yeah. But once again, that, that is kind of more of a Daredevil thing to do. Um Peter's gonna protect is going to like protect the streets from attack like when attacks happen. Yeah, but he doesn't really like go into like, he'll, he'll show up stop in the, things. He'll show up when there's a gang fight going between Penguin's thugs and someone else. And yeah, Tombstone thugs or or Hammerhead. Blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, so that that probably doesn't go that far, or at least not not in a way that's like specifically Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, see, next up is uh, Poison Ivy. Um, at least we we have somebody with powers now. Yes. Um, so for Pamela, I am again borrowing from Batman the Animated Series uh, for a story that you can fairly easy, readily slot Spider-Man into. Okay. Um, and that being uh, one of her early. Uh, uh, scams that she pulled was because um, uh, you know do your standard you know she gets here she you know finds some way to get an official cover um, for the purposes of this storyline I'm going with more humanoid ivy instead of green ivy okay it's honestly 50 50 whatever the artist feels like drawing her as whatever they find sexy yeah which once again 50 50 we live in a post Kirk era green women can get it um, so once, uh, she is able to, uh, basically seduce and, and con enough investors, she makes a resort where she, you know, offers, uh, spa treatments to, uh, to the elderly, you know, that, that is supposed to rejuvenate you and give you years back. Really, she's just turning people into trees. Right. Um, until, you know... Aunt May? Yeah, uh, yeah, aging octogenarian with, you know, probably a substantial trust, you know, uh, gets offered a, uh, they offer, they offer it to her. Um, she, you know, she's like, oh, I'm not going to go to this. You, you take it. You take it, Peter. You know, and she's like, no, Aunt May, I think you should, I think, I think you'd really enjoy it. And he insists on it. And, and that's what gets her to go. You know, once again, because he insisted on it, there's another way for Peter to make everything his fault. Right. Um, and like, you know, basically you, you start to hear about, it, ba- it basically is it's a detective story for, for, uh, Peter, you know, he, he, he learns that there's some weird stuff going on. Like no one ever talks about coming back from this resort. Right. Um, and, uh, when he does investigate it, he start, he sees like, you know, Aunt May's half tree. Hmm. And because Ivy has like plant control powers, this is actually at 
is able to make her a physical threat. Yes, like the first person that's actively been a physical threat this entire time. Yeah, because, you know, uh, P- Peter Peter's just as vulnerable being hit with a tree as everyone else. Yes. Or, you know, if he manages to get close to her, she breathes, like, poison pollen into his mouth. Face, whatever. Yeah. So I was thinking, I was thinking Batman's cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I like this setup a lot. Yeah. Um, um, once again, because we do have another character who, um, uh, is science based, we're not out of the woods of like, oh, Peter couldn't cure, you know, Aunt May. Yeah. Like. Like, even in the story itself, like, you know, if you could, if you were able to stop the process, it wasn't permanent. Yeah. That's all I was getting at. Because, yeah. like, I remember, like, that, like, because Batman had to do the same, the same thing, essentially. Yes. Um, so, like, they, they, because they have that, that thing in common, like, it does allow both of them to actually be able to stop her. Um, and, uh, and, man, are plant control powers a thing in Marvel at all? I can't think of anybody that has. I can't it. think of anybody that has plant control powers. Like outside of like maybe, maybe a couple of uh, a couple of X Men characters. Okay. And even, and even though that's more, that's mostly me guessing. Yeah, that there might be somebody. It's like I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of combat tentacles. I'm sure some of them have been green. Yeah. Um. So. Or Krakoa, you know, has plant control powers and. But that's because it is the island itself. I mean, that's like saying Groot has plant control yeah. powers. Um, but, yeah. No, I actually think she's able to put up a, a pretty fun fight. Um, but, uh, now, but, but here's the thing. Here's where, where Ivy um, breaks down a little bit. So, I don't think, obviously I don't think she, she, uh, she can take Peter. I think Peter does. I think Peter this. overcomes. She yeah. does. It, I think it is a. It is at least a, a fight. Yes. But here's the thing, though. Um, Pamela's biggest thing is uh, conservation. Yes. Conservationism. Um, Marvel is green. For the most part, it's greener than DC. Much, but what I'm saying is like um, there are a lot of heroes who who do have conservationism um, like things that they do. Uh, Hell, even in um, I showed Pat uh, a Miss Marvel one time where like Kamala and Miles's schools because they both go to like super science schools. Yeah, su- uh, su- super super villains are us. And uh, and like Pat got to see how like pre into the Spider Verse, Miles was drawn as like an even nerdier version of Peter Parker, like pure sweater vest and. Literally arches his fingers like Mr. Burns to make excellent jokes. Yeah, um, he wasn't. He, I, on the, he, he didn't have glasses, but he was. Yeah. De- he he was definitely a sweater vest, brother. Yeah, and uh, uh, they they try to make him like more cool as yeah. time goes by, um, because because Miles was was while he was awkward, he was still much cooler in uh, Spider uh, in Spider Verse, um, but. Uh, but so, uh, well, the thing of like the thing of like that they were doing in that was um, their science projects were also conservation projects. They were trying to see who could improve the world the most. Yeah, and like that's a he- like 
that that's a hell of a thing. Where it's not it's not even just like oh let's see who's the better science thing. It's who's science thing, and they have multiple things, and these are just fucking high schoolers. Yeah. Uh, Tony Stark often creates like boundless energy things that he then gives to other uh, other places and cities. Uh, Wakanda, as they become more and more globalized, also typically uh, help out around the world. Like, um, it's one of the reasons you don't really run into like sludge creatures and stuff like that. Even though there's no Avatar of the Green in Marvel, uh, they do make an effort to just be more cons- uh, conservation friendly. So I think that like once Pamela like gets beat and gets gets sent to the raft and kind of finds out. More, more what's bu- going on. Yeah. I actually think that she ends up becoming um, something of a hero. Probably not full-on hero. But, like, I mean, may- yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe like a little anti-hero. more anti-hero. But, like, uh, but I don't think she becomes straight-on villainous anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think that, like, I think she still would have a place. Because the thing, the, the, the interesting thing here is, uh, while, while Marvel modern New York does have wealth, they, they don't have that, you know, freaking old money aristocracy society. Yeah. Um, and all of the, the places that are known to not be environmentally friendly are explicitly written as villainous, like yeah. Roxxon. Yes. And so um, so then as uh, as with Pamela being like in, in the world in that manner, um, she gets to pop up in people's comics because like, uh, oh, she's attacking a Roxxon facility Oh, she'd be she'd regularly pop up in Champions. Yeah, she'd basically be their den mom. <laughs> yeah, and so it's it's things like that um, where like she's popping up, and because she's being destructive and destroying stuff, like that's where she comes into conflict with heroes. Yeah, but uh, at the same time, she's probably often like ex- exposing a bigger uh, societal ill, and I actually think uh, because of that, she actually works incredibly interestingly in Marvel. Yeah. Um, as like, you know, it's like, yes, her methods are extreme, but she's also a getting results and B like Roxxon gets their hands in some dirty shit. Well, yeah, I mean, they're run by Minotaur. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Um, but them, uh, I think it's Alchem. It's not Alchemex. Alchemex. Yeah. Al- Alchemex. The, the, folk, the folks who make the, made the other Venom symbiotes. Uh, yeah, um, also, they're also technically the people that made, uh, that, like, exist in 2099, and they're, like, the people, like, behind the, yeah. the splicer stuff. The hell, I mean, I'm sure also Oscorp gets up to some fucked up shit. Yeah, so, like, she comes in, and she's, she's, she's making all of this, this big, like, mess, and, but often, like, she'll expose something else that ends up, like, having to be, uh, hidden, and so, you know, the, the heroes often have to team up with her out of necessity for... To stop whatever the bigger threat is, uh, or sometimes maybe she abandons them in the middle of it, where she's just like, "Oh, I don't really care that this per- that they made uh, they made alien symbiotes. That's not that doesn't really affect our ecosystem." Yeah. And then then Null shows up. It's like, all right, I guess I gotta get get off off my ass. Yeah, that's an invasive species, baby. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, Rachel Ghoul. Um. See. Here's the thing. Rachel Ghoul is not a Peter Parker problem. Yeah, he's a Miguel O'Hara problem. Uh, because Rach bides his time for a hundred years. Uh, to, uh, to, in, in, in that time, he's taken over the hand. 
He's taken over the hand. He's created the the league the league of hands, uh, the league of feet and hands, and uh, and like actively has like shadow taken over the world. Well, the, like he dominated Wilson Fisk from behind the scenes. Yeah, the the base of the, the the my pitch for him getting around the Lazarus pit was. Yeah, he takes over the hand. He he takes on the 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 beast that you know yep. the hand prays to, and then okay, Raisha's half demigod. Just say he's immortal. Yeah. No, that's why I was getting at as well. It's like okay, the hand also has like its own similar thing. Yeah. Uh, they're just not they just not not anybody can will, use them willy nilly, but uh, yeah. Um, but do you have a pitch for him to be a Spider Man villain? Because <laughs> uh, once again, Daredevil villain for sure. Oh, yeah. You could easily, like, we could start off the cuff, probably come up with, like, five or six race versus Matt Murdock stories. Yeah, so, like, basically, you know, he, he comes over, he takes over the hand. I'm just going to say he does that off screen. Um, and when he comes back to New York, because, you know, race is a, he's also an eco-terrorist like Poison Ivy. Yeah. But. Playing the very long game. But I think. One, to your point, because Marvel is a lot more greener than DC, he probably wouldn't see this world as so far gone. Yeah. So he probably he would say, I probably don't need to kill all humans. I could probably just take over all humans. <laughs> um, and, I th- and I think under Raish, I think the, uh, the hand probably just be- it becomes more of like a uh, street-level New York story. Like, uh, similar way Shadowland was. Okay. Um, because one of the other things that the hand is notably no, no does is, you know, basically bringing back dead people to serve them. Right. You know, they they've de- they do, do it for Electra all the time. They've done it to Wolverine. They've done, done it to Daredevil. They've done it to several people over the years. Um, now, what makes it a specific Spider-Man story? Like I said, I don't think it's a Spider-Man story. Yeah. Um... I think it's say I think it's something that he just he appears in. Yeah, no, very you like um, like some of the other stuff. This is like a defender story or something like that. Where, yeah, yeah um, definitely a big crossover event story, which is fun in its own right. But it's beyond the scope of what we're doing here because then we're not focused on Spider Man. We're focusing on like ten different people and how they have to have to interact in this big crossover event. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think I think Rache v Captain America would be pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, I think Race controlling the hand while also while um, uh, Punisher is serving as like the leader of its armed forces might even be somewhat interesting. Yeah, considering that's what's con- that's what's currently going Cause on. Also, because also you know Race's Race's philosophy, Punisher wouldn't necessarily be against. Yeah. Like, hell, if anything, you know, he he'd be like, you know, oh no, Frank, you're my heir. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, sadly, I don't have Italian in this universe. You're gonna have to wait for a little bit. <laughs> um, so n- next up is Riddler, Edward Nigma. Um, I don't think I don't think New York's criminal underworld would have as much patience for his shtick. Maybe not. But here's the thing that me that me and Ryan were going over and over again is. Yes, Peter is a super genius, but man, the like it is hard to figure out if consistently P- 
Peter could actively solve riddles. Because he doesn't really do that. Do, well, I'm trying to think, do, do, are there any Marvel villains that use riddles? And I can't think of very many. But I'm just saying, like, uh, just on the on the whole, I don't think riddles is something that, like, because Peter has encountered people that use riddles um, for like cryptic story stuff, like like Madame Web and other like other like otherworldly beings will often like give him riddles to solve. Yeah, weird prophecies. Yeah, and uh, and it takes Spider-Man into the point where it's almost too late before he ever fucking solves anything. Um, actually, a lot of his villains technically like that have long-term uh, games will often use riddles on him, and he literally only ever figures it out at the last, last, last possible second. Um. Uh, so, as much as I love Peter, um, I actually don't know if he just straight up beats the Riddler by solving all of his riddles. You probably not, and if and if that's the case, Riddler probably just because I because I also don't know if Nigma would see Peter as. Because he's because he's not that great at solving riddles, Riddler's not gonna have an interest in trying to outsmart him. Right. So without that, Riddler Riddler just menaces someone else. Sadly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, goes Prom- after probably Daredevil. Why not? I don't think I don't think Matt is. Matt Matt might be a little bit better just because he also has to kind of play the urban vigilante role. Yeah. Maybe Tony. Yeah. I mean, the only way that it works is if we, like, go into... uh, uh, These riddles come up, and then uh, Peter ends up having to, like, subtly involve the other people in his life. Like, Aunt May, or something like that. Like, like he poses the riddle to them, and uh, then the way that you do the story... The storyline is, like, okay, like, the first, like... Probably the the first riddle or whatever it is, like that person gets murdered because nobody's taking Riddler seriously. <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm just mad. You know, he's at he's at home with May, and she's like, "Pass me that jar, Peter. A jar. When is a door not a door? Yeah, oh, May, you're a genius." Runs out the room. That's actually kind of what I'm getting at. Is that like the only times that like he comes across is when something like that happens, or if he's like, "Okay, like now I know that Nigma serious that people have died." Um, if, if we're going to save anybody, we got to start solving these riddles. And so like, he's giving them out. Um, but like, once again, we're like beyond, he would involve miles. Miles actually would probably be much better at riddles. He's the high schooler. He has to constantly be doing critical thinking exercises. Yeah. Um, uh, miles has Genki, um, who probably like, it's not a stretch to say Genki would love doing brain teasers and stuff like that. Um, so that's probably the Spider-Man he would do better at facing off against. Um, but once again, makes it not really a, a, a Peter story, which is like what this is based off of. Yeah. Not that I couldn't do this whole thing as Miles as well, but um, uh, a lot of these guys would be a lot more fucked if it was Miles, just because Miles has the fucking Venom Shock. <laughs> yeah, well, Miles Venom Shock turned invisible. Yeah, um, but but yeah, like. I actually th- 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 this would be a genuinely more interesting story uh, for Miles, uh, also because Miles has lost less people. Yeah. Um, so like as like when whenever Nigma's like first thing happens or whatever, and like somebody dies, 
Like that's so gonna the, hit. There's also the other thing about weird thing about Riddler. Riddler's not a rampagey villain. No. Um. So because he's showing up in here and he has no history here, he also doesn't have a a, a vendetta of people that he has to that he's targeting. Is he's most he's probably just robbing places. Yeah. And then just leaving clues because he has a psychological compulsion. Um. So yeah, it's it could be stretched into a six issue, but I once again this would actually work better, I think, if this was a Spider Men story. Yeah. Um, hell, maybe a Spider Family story, um, where they're all working together, and uh, uh, but also any riddle, uh, every riddle is only as good as the person who's actively writing the comic. And I don't know riddles. <laughs> yeah. As yeah, that's. One of the one of the one of the issues about finding good riddle stories, riddler stories. Not everyone's good at writing riddles. Right. Um, same thing with finding good good Etrigan stories. Not everyone wants to write in rhyme. Uh, see, next up we have uh, Scarecrow. Uh, Doctor Jonathan Crane. I almost I almost kind of want to have him working at the Ravencroft Institute again. I mean, yeah, yeah, might as well. Just because it's it's so close to his origin, um, but I mean a lot of it's just you know he he gasses people, um, he commits mur- he commits uh, not murders robberies via gassing people. Um, he's not really a and because he he doesn't he hasn't developed a vendetta against Spider Man yet. Spider Man probably just stops. Him. Um, I don't know how well toxins work on Peter. Uh, typically, that they work mostly just fine. I think he also like, does. Does his modern suit have a have a air air system in it? So this is what me and Ryan discussed uh, at length. Was I? I said yes. That um, it's been a long time since his suits haven't had a thing in them um, uh, to do that. Ryan said that uh, Riddler's fucking fear toxin is so strong that even through a air filtration system, they typically work. Which I didn't know that was a thing. It's not normally. Uh, like, like Batman is borderline immune to it just from repeated exposure. But yeah, he can put a, he can put a gas mask on you and just you don't want to sit in it, obviously. But if you get get a gas mask on and just walk out, you you'll probably be fine. Okay. Because I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, there there are a lot of people that it has worked on, has worked on Superman, but once again, that's because the shit was laced with kryptonite. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like so, but I, even then, if he does use it and it works on Peter, okay, he gets away the first time, and then Peter. Analyzes the 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 stuff, the residue of shit on his suit, and either finds a way to filter it out or just a uh, cure for it. Yeah. You know. De- you know, see sees the giant specter of uh, Uncle Ben saying he's a disgrace and a failure. I mean, I actually think that that, that something like that would work fine, but I also just think that like Peter's. What what what? Print, uh, Peter's mental breakdowns are of his uh, are are in his own head. Like they're they're th- they're problems he's creating for himself, not as much as the traumas themselves are. 
So like, while it's always fun to do those stories, I mean the most some of the mo- most fun sections of the Arkham games is like the Riddler sections because they're the trippiest and weirdest. Yeah. Now the the there is a there is a a bit in me due to Peter's spider sense that could either make the reaction of the fear toxin worse or better. Yeah, I actually would make it worse. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I think, that like, the issue of, like, Peter going down that rabbit hole of of, hitting, of the toxin hitting him, that's a lot of fun. U- ultimately, I don't think this is a particularly... I think that, like, like this could work as a six-issue run. Um, it's not particularly exciting. Maybe... It'd be an interesting level in the video game. But what... Uh, depending on what what the B or C storylines are, this could be very very like this could be tying into something like maybe Mary Jane's trying to convince him to go to therapy or something like that. Yeah. Um. You know, maybe like uh, maybe something has happened in his life that Peter started to lash out more. Uh, hell, maybe by the end of this, Peter like the 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 storyline ends up being that Peter doesn't pull a punch against uh, Crane and knocks out all of his fucking scarecrow teeth. <laughs> and uh, seeing that like okay like this is what the fear toxin did to me. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was also the trauma that I'm not processing, and maybe the the, tear, the fear toxin was making me confront things that I didn't want to confront. And I need I see now that they are issues. Like, um, like this has a lasting impact. Like that's what I think. But I uh, I think Scarecrow is the device that gets him like that could tell an interesting Spider-Man story. But I don't know if there's an interesting Scarecrow story inside of it. Yeah. Like I, I definitely think he could work, uh, for sure. Uh, but I think it's it's because of the nature of what that character does, and I honestly don't think he would work more than once. I don't think like after that he exists in the uh, in the Marvel universe in a way yeah, that's going to contain He's, he's somebody that gets drawn in the back of a splash page when you need a bunch of villains. Yeah. Um. After that, uh, Solomon Grundy. Now this was the man who was born on a Monday. Yes, uh, christened on Tuesday. Hmm. 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 Uh, see, so Grundy Grundy shows up in Marvel. Grundy is a rampage villain. Yes, very much so. Um, even with even taking like you know, even if I was to go stretch like say, oh, what if he's got his connection to the to the gray? There's no gray in Marvel. Yeah, like the elemental kingdoms don't exist in the Marvel universe. Um, so he 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 shows up. He smashes some stuff. Peter Peter stops him. Yeah, you know if he can if he figure if he figures out that uh, Grundy is a zombie, he doesn't have to hold back no more. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I, I also think this is just one like this is one where like you have a, a pretty clear indicator. Something we discussed before of like Rhino versus Grundy is pretty pretty similar. Yeah. Um, we're we're talking similar power sets here, so yeah. Um, Probably more more destruction uh, in it. This is probably the, the uh, Grundy's the villain they introduced on, on like the first uh, in like the first couple pages. Yeah, of the first issue of the miniseries, Peter takes him down, and probably some of the rampage that he that he did damaged something that ends up being part of the major storyline for the rest of it. But Grundy himself was ultimately forgotten. Like he, like, he was just like, the inciting incident. Like what Rhino was for the Miles Morales game. Yes, just just the inciting incident. That's all. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, Two Face. Two Face just a guy. Once again, like, be, um, 
people people that wanted this 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 matchup of switching the characters like Two Face is just a guy. He's also deeply tied to Bruce Wayne. Yep. So like another in the long line of like a lot of Spider Man's people aren't so strongly tied to Peter because the Marvel universe because Batman has his own city where he can do his own things. Yeah. So his characters tend to be very tied to him. Um, Venom was was clearly just a big angry Spider Man for a long time. Like has such a varied and storied history of being way more than that. Carnage has a very long history of being more than just a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Uh, like, Spider-Man's villains that are directly Spider-Man villains um, have connections outside of them, so you can imagine them very easily outside of them. Two-Face? What's Two-Face going to do? Like, as, soon, as, soon as, as soon as Peter makes him drop the coin, he's going to be locked in indecision anyway. Well, Peter's going to fucking steal the coin. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like, you know, either, either makes him drop it or just yoinks it. Yeah, Peter just straight up yoinks that shit from the midair. Um, Probably replaces it with a joke coin. <laughs> it's good on both sides. Yeah. Um, or it's just like literally a picture of his face on both sides with like a little word bubble that says "I stink." Yeah. Or I stink and you stink, and how do you determine which one's heads and tails? <laughs> I stink, I stink, I win. You stink, you lose. <laughs> uh, see, and then just people can't make a, can't keep a straight face while he's holding a gun in their head. Um, all right. Uh, next up, ventriloquist. Uh, Arnold Wesker, the man with a name way scarier than he is. Yeah. Uh, once again, I think this is one. Where Spider Man swings in, sees a man with a with a Muppet holding a holding a holding a Tommy gun, yoink. Yeah, I uh, I love Scarface. Uh, no, is what's the uh, the puppet's name is Scarface. Scarface, yeah, okay, good. For some reason, I thought his name was Dollface for a second there, but I was like, Dollface is a different villain. Okay, but uh, yeah, uh, I, I love Scarface. The Ventriloquist is is very delightful to see. Particularly in something like the animated series, where like because it's an animated series, it kind of just works. Yeah. Um, uh, Peter isn't keeping a straight face for this. Um, Tommy guns aren't really a danger for Peter. Batman is a man. Uh, uh, guys, I can't absorb bullets like <laughs> at all. At all. Uh, so. So when you got a guy, uh, so when you got something like this, who's just like like completely mentally broken, that way works in the in the detective noir style of a Batman comic. Uh, this guy is worse than a joke in the Marvel universe. Like no one takes him serious. It doesn't matter how many people he kills. Honestly, it really wouldn't matter how many people he kills. Uh, he would he'd be more of a joke than Shocker. He would honestly fit more in a Deadpool story. <laughs> yes. Like I don't, even, I don't even think Wade would kill him. I think Wade, Wade Wade would be laughing too much. Wade would literally be getting like holes punched in him, like he's Alucard and Helsing, and laughing the entire time. And then like once the once the clip ran in uh, ran empty, he'd be like, "You get out of here, you crazy kids." Well, no, he'd take the puppet and it'd be Wade holding the holding Scarface doing his own. Oh depression. yeah, no, the, then Scarface yeah. takes him over. <laughs> And then, like, oh god, Scarface has his own caption boxes. Yes, uh, Scarface has his own caption boxes. <laughs> and, like, and he's, like, he's talking like an old timey gangster. Meh. 
we've come up with an angle here that I really, really like. But once again, it just would not work for Peter. No. Oh. All right. Uh, after the, and after that, our last one, uh, Victor Zaz. <laughs> you couldn't have ended it on a banger. You had to pull out Zaz. Once again, in a detective noir world, creepy dude that's willing to cut a scar into his dick um, to keep his tally marks going. Totally works. Um, like, Victor Zaz, there's only one way I see Victor Zaz working. And that's not on the supervillain level. That's on the, um, he is a serial killer that, um, for some reason, ends up in Queens specifically. That's where he teleports to. Um, and Queens, is, and he's like literally in Peter's neighborhood. And uh, he's terrorizing the people at Peter's home. And uh, and he's able, uh, because Peter's not a, like, a detective detective, like, Zaz just kind of, like, keeps getting away with uh, these, uh, these murders. And, uh, and, P- and like, uh, Peter knows that any one of the people that he lives with or lives around could be next. Yeah. Like... Victor Zaz is the C plot in a much bigger story of like Peter's having to deal with his super heroic shit um, on uh, on the on the forefront, and then like when he's home, he's tired or something like that, and and he keeps hearing about stories about somebody who's coming in. Uh, hell, but the thing is like Victor Zaz doesn't blend in, so it's not like like Victor Zaz like comes to his apartment and hangs out with Boomerang, yeah, and like uh, becomes close that way. Uh, Peter's ass is like just a stalker serial killer. Yeah, if anything, this this his B story would probably be him stalking Mary Jane. Yeah, so like, like we as the audience know that oh, okay, like uh, it's coming. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's the only way that it works, um, is using it like that, which isn't really a Spider-Man story. Like as we're as we're telling it, you might think that sounds like a really cool story. Yeah, he makes for a really good slasher villain, but. That's not a. You, J- Jason isn't scarier for Spider Man. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you were reading it, because, like, Peter's stories are tonally like, you know, uh, uh, this guy who's a sad boy uh, but make, likes to make jokes about it anyway, like, having something that is, like, straight up horror just won't work. Uh, you couldn't read about like Peter, or especially if the horror is not a physical threat to him. You could you could conceivably tell a story where like Peter's going against Peter's stuck somewhere, and the inheritors are hunting for him. You can tell that horror story. Yeah, but what I'm saying, like like like, and then setting it for like him going after Mary Jane and stuff like that. You still have these like tonally dissonant sections of the comic. Yeah. Where, like, Peter's out, like, throwing pumpkin bombs back at Hobgoblin's face and uh, and making jokes about his costume. If anything, it's more of a, that is a, ooh, that is a Mary Jane story where she is being stalked by the, the our creepy fan, Victor Zaz. Mary Jane has had her own solo runs before. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end of it, you know, when, he's a, when you think he's about to get her, Clayface comes in to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all back full circle, oh, yeah. baby. Woo! 
or hell, maybe maybe the maybe the issues are a Mario Jane story, and uh, and we know that like Victor Zaz has been killing other people, but like she's his big target. Yeah, and because uh, because Victor will stalk and obsess with one person. Um, and uh, and this whole thing is stuff from her her storyline, and maybe there's something like uh, maybe like the B plot to the Spider Man book is the Spider Man plot. And uh, but we're seeing things from like Mary Jane's point of view for a while, and she starts to become like more and more noticing that like she comes home and like uh, someone's clearly been through her home. Yeah, uh, you know, some somebody has clearly slept on her bed while she wasn't there, and like she, she calls Peter and asks him about it. But when Peter shows up, like Victor's not being a threat; he's not setting off his spider signal, uh, and. Uh, Hell, maybe maybe in this story, like uh, Peter and Jane, Peter and Mary Jane have gotten back together a little bit, but like they're still having to like work things out. And sure, like Mary Jane is being upset by a lot of this stuff, but like it's not raising her. It's not like putting her at full alarm. She's not typically a panicky type person. Like Mary Jane has handled supervillains on her own. She's faced down Venom before. Yeah. So like, sure, this stuff is creepy. She calls Peter over to like figure it out. Peter maybe even tries to overstep his bounds, like, well, hey, maybe I have to sleep over tonight. And she's just, like, pushes him away. And so we're seeing, like, their past trauma of, like, them not overcoming it together is, like, what's endangering her to Victor's ass. And, uh, and you're like, okay, you guys really got to fucking get your shit together so that uh, so Victor doesn't just come in here and murder her. Yeah. It, then it, the story can work. Yeah, v- Victor becomes the bomb under the table. Yeah. Hey, we we worked it out. We yeah, we we, yeah. we found a story there. Yeah, yeah, you had to work it a bit, but yeah, it 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 it, it, it tracks. I, I I think kind of similar to uh, uh, previous uh, entries. I don't think he worked more than once. No, 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 no. I mean, how would you keep doing this? Like the the second time, the first time, the uh, the first time anyone does it, they're a genius. The second time, they're a fucking hack. Yeah. Uh, I, I think after after that, it, it, assuming he's assuming he makes it out of this. Um, which he probably will. Spider Man doesn't normally kill people. Uh, Mary but, Jane beats him to death with a steel chair. <laughs> right off the top rope. But he'll pr- he probably just goes on just becoming a serial killer who periodically menaces the people of New York. Yeah. Until finally Marvel stops caring about him and lets Frank kill him. That's that's all ultimately what I think he'd become is like he'd, he'd almost immediately become like a Punisher villain. Yeah. Um, Probably so, so, something similar to like Jigsaw. So, um, I, I as I said, I did want to wrap this with uh, with one more Spider-Man villain that was not on your list that uh, uh, I think uh, would be fun, and interesting. If you saw, I actually commented about it uh, when one of our commenters uh, had mentioned uh, how much they enjoyed the podcast last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tinkerer. Phineas Mason. Funny thing is, uh, on the list I was pulling, uh, there was a big list. Like the the list I pulled was his most iconic and recurring. There was another list under that of also recurring, and Tinkerer was on there. Okay. Um, the reason I didn't go into that list one, it just would have made the episode longer, um, and two, um, I've never I've never seen Tinkerer try to take center stage as a as a threat. I haven't either, but that but the reason I thought he'd be interesting is because as we'd already established, 
Gotham is a lower level power play than uh, New York is. So somebody like Tinkerer, I wanted your thoughts on uh, how if somebody like Tinkerer who has, at this point, um, Phineas has gotten his hands on like uh, two separate builds of Iron Spider armors um, and has modified and rebuilt them. Oh man! Like man's made cosmic cubes. Well, I was like, dude, dude has made some fucking shit to like sell to supervillains and stuff like that. And Batman is more than even Spider-Man is. Batman is the type of character to go out and find this person who is beefing up his villains. Yeah. Um. Uh. But like, yeah, like with with him, like you know, making sure that every Tom, Dick, and Harry running around, like, uh, the Falcone gang and all that are all of a sudden wielding, like, uh, super devices. I mean, not even necessarily, you know, you know, you know, crazy, real crazy stuff, just it gives them laser guns. Yeah. With auto-targeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, uh, do you think, like, Phineas would work, or if it's just, or if his inherent nature of being inside of DC... Do you think that would just you couldn't put him in Gotham because like by by him being there it just raises the baseline level of the villains too much and it makes like uh, no because I think well and keep in mind I could be get, I could be reading the character very wrong I've only I've only read a few things with uh with with him in them uh-huh. um mainly like uh, in the uh, Thunderbolts run uh, where he uh, he worked with uh, Winter Soldier yeah um. See, when I when I normally see Tinkerer, he is kind of very content to be kind of left in the background to tinker. Yes, and he will just make shit and sell it to you. Yes, um, there is another character uh, in DC in Gotham that does similar things. Her name is the her her, her working name is the Carpenter, um, and she makes layers. Um. Like you know, when Joker has like the big version of his face that like kind of that laughs on its own, somebody had to make that. Right. He, he normally he contracts Carpenter, uh, or he did it the first time, and then he tried to kill her instead of paying, and she stopped working for him. Um, a tinkerer, if he can steer clear of Joker, and like just you know, he knows like, hey, if or if I am dealing with the clown, make sure I got my gun on me. Right. He would probably work pretty well. Um, like, would Batman try to find him? Yeah, he'd try. But, you know, if Tinker's goal is to stay in business, not fight the Batman, yeah, he could probably get away. Well, I was just saying, like, do you think by his very uh, presence of being in Gotham and him, like, supplying the Joker's henchmen with... with no, if stuff? anything, it would, it, would, it would work better because it would give... It would give Batman a reason to escalate along line, lines that he has. Okay. It give if if the if the villains have heavy bolters, Batman has a reason to have a tank. Right. Yeah. He, he has a reason to have a giant suit of power armor. He has a reason to to have these things, and we probably see him more often. Yeah. As opposed to them just showing up whenever DC wants to sell a new toy. Right. All right. Um, so yeah, do I do I do I think do I think there is a huge you know 
you know, sprawling story with Tinkerer? Probably not. No. He, no, he, 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 he probably shows up for a few issues. Batman arrests him, sends him to Blackgate. He breaks out of Blackgate and then just kind of lays low and just sells. I, say, know, I, don't, even think he'd, I don't think you'd have anything to arrest him on, honestly. Like, um, it's because, like, at what point uh, is just making something and selling it? Like yeah, well, in the real world, you can't you can't buy many guns, but uh, well, if you're if, if you're just selling if you're selling them to criminals, uh, clientele's a clientele. Like honestly, like you, you set up an intermediary of like somebody who's completely uh, I'm clean. Sure, arm smuggling is still illegal. <laughs> well, he's not smuggling. He's literally building a product and then selling it. He could be doing this off Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he could he could just you know go to work for LexCorp and he'd probably be fine. That was actually something me and Ryan discussed that he'd probably do something like that. Yeah. Um. I mean, and then keep his like street level business up because he makes extra money on the side doing it. Probably. Um. So yeah, he, he would he would he'd be fine in the DC universe. Um. I think he'd, he'd do very well. Um. So yeah, so, so, I mean that's 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 yeah, my I, I, that's my take on Tinker. I didn't know if you yeah. had a different one. No, no. Um, I I also thought that like um, like while there's not like a, a a Tinkerer story in there, I was like wondering like like how you felt about like what his presence would be like because that also just means that like hey somebody at DC y'all could make a Tinkerer style character, somebody who can't just be obviously walked up on and and got because Marvel has a few of them actually. Mm-hmm. It's not just Tinkerer. There's actually multiple characters who work street level uh, who uh, sell their inventions to whoever wants them. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's, good, it's fine in DC because the power level of the heroes is normally so freaking huge. Yeah. Um, but it was like doing it specifically in Gotham that was like, okay, now now all of your... Because like a lot, a lot of times in Marvel, like the base like thugs running around, unless they're just straight up purse snatchers, yeah. typically have some type of like stupid bullshit gun they're using. Yeah, like it, it's it's fine in, DC, in, in Gotham because Batman, while yeah, you want to say he's just a man, he's a, he's a man who can, due to previous stories, we know he comes with a lot. Yeah, is a a depending on who's writing writing him, a bat suit is not that far away from an Iron Man suit. Right. Um, and so you know, having a character like Tinker who just makes fancy guns is fine. Alrighty. Because half the time, if an artist is doing it, they're gonna have Batman, you know, acrobatically dodging through the lasers any damn way. Right. Um. So yeah. So that completes it. Um. So with all. With all these pitches out, like you know, what are your what are your general takes on the prompt that started this these two episodes? So I actually think that um, that Batman characters that aren't literally tied to Bruce work just fine in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, I think, but, we, but but I think one of the things they're much more likely to become background characters. Yes, as opposed to the the main the main guy running the show. Yeah, which was kind of the opposite we had with Spider Man. A lot of a lot of Spider Man's villains, like Kingpin, just can't come in and be a background character. No, um, and uh, or like none of these none of Batman's characters killed Spider Man. Yeah, we we had we there were there were a few that probably Bruce ain't coming coming away from. Yeah, unless he calls for help. Um. And, uh, uh, but ultimately, like, uh, I think we got a lot of better storylines 
out of the Spider-Man characters, the uh, Spider-Man villains. Like because there's um because like when Spider-Man has a darker villain, um because they because Spider-Man has uh, ha- villains have the history of being outside of himself for so much of them, we can come up with stuff with, like the Vulture. Yeah. Um because like yeah, that was a superior Spider-Man story that we drew a lot from. But uh, one of the things I, I didn't even talk to you about while I was doing it, because I just didn't feel it was like important to it, is I was actually pulling a lot from um, the uh, Greg Rucco run of Punisher, where Punisher took on uh, Vulture. Yeah. And uh, because Punisher, because he worked really well, and that also kind of gave me a background of like, okay, well, how does Batman take him on? Um, like, what, what, what could Batman do? Well, similar things to what Punisher could do. And, um, and... So Batman had a more physical presence to overcome, which would make uh, the, the the issues much more exciting, just from a visual standpoint. And um, because Spider-Man's villains, sure, a lot of them hate Spider-Man, but they hate other people too. They 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 have a they have a full heart that's that's that is bursting with hate mm-hmm. for so many people. And uh, and one th- one thing we kind of learned in, in seeing just how the different hero approaches um peter's a lot more compassionate than than bruce is yeah um like there there is there is a few of these where peter could probably just talk these people down well the thing is and like you know uh one of the things that like any true but, but, batman character well, would, but but i think he's able to do that because so many of these people are much less of a physical threat to that's him that's what i was about to say i was like anybody that knows batman will always say that like batman it's batman's heart is one of his greatest um, weapons but spider-man can afford to like to use it. to come at your mouth first cuz uh you're not going to hurt him like and he ha- and he knows if it's not working because he has a spider sense yeah like he literally gets to cheat like if you if you're like oh you're right but and then try to like shoot him, um, Batman doesn't have that privilege. Like Batman is a man in a bat suit, and so like he can only go off of his own instincts. Um, so you know if your instincts are wrong just once, you're gonna get shot to death. Yeah. So like he has to have that at you, the forefront you, as well. You can't you can't roll a, roll the dice on if the on if crocodile man is trying to hug you or death roll you. Right. So, uh, um, but yeah, I, so I think because of like just how his Rose Gallery has worked that a lot of them just work better in Batman's world. Um, but I think the ones that aren't so explicit, like, like, like the big one, like the, some of the, the the two biggest ones are the Norman Osborn slash Joker. They're the, the purple and green villains that like define both of those characters. Like, like sure. Like it's a very easy argument to make that, that, uh, that Doc Ock is Spider-Man's greatest villain, whatever. Like, but you, you, you're going to call one or the other. Um, but as far as like the ones that, that parallel each other the most, Joker and um, and Goblin. Yeah. And when you switch them, like we were able to very easily come up with how Norman can how Norman can even fucking come from a similar place as a businessman and be a great foil for Batman. Um, just being just being the owner of Oscorp and everything else, and like came up with an extremely fu- like that, I think that was one of the most fun storylines to come up with, and even in by the end of it, we weren't even sure if Batman could survive it. We were um, pretty certain he couldn't. Yeah. Um, versus like Joker, we had to preamble the fuck out of like why would Joker even give a shit, and 
while I do think that if if he'd one more date and and chose Jameson, we would have a much more interesting like Jameson dynamic going for a while. Um, and I really like the idea of what I, what I described as like the Jameson on the dirt, like literally in the Joker cackle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that works really well. You know, fucking light rain and shit and all. Um, but the Joker isn't really even the standout part of that. Like he was the means to an end to tell longer stories after the Joker was gone. Um, he's not even the focus of his own story. Yeah, and that happened to a lot of Batman's villains that 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 worked their way over, like the Hugo Strange story, where I was like, well, that's, that's like a lot of the a lot of what most people would consider Batman's classic villains. They honestly stop mattering after the first story. Um, um like the, there's. There's like the Scarecrow story, I think that I think that story you tell that, that that you put that character you put that same kind of scenario in, like I said about like making Peter actually confront trauma using yeah. both of the story like the A and B plot we kind of discussed, like great story, but the villain just ultimately doesn't matter in it. Yeah, uh, even the Jervis Tetch one I think is a very very fun story, um, but, but he has nothing to to. There's no part of it where he is menacing Peter. Yeah, and honestly, like. It could still kind I mean, of honestly, just be a jackal story. I mean, honestly, you could write, you could write Peter out of it, and on, like, thing is, Jervis. I, I didn't, I didn't bring this up during his pitch. He's he would probably work better as a Jessica Jones villain. Oh yeah, for sure. Like you know, that's that. You still have him target uh, target Gwen, but like you know, okay now. Yeah, uh, Je- now it's uh, Jessica dealing with somebody giving her shades of purple man. Yeah, uh, and uh, comes and comes to the the detective work more naturally yeah. by like the mothers are contacting her to investigate this. Exactly. Um, like you know, the, the, there's a lot of the a lot of these villains, even the ones who work good in Marvel, don't necessarily work good with Spider Man. Yeah. Um, or they just don't work exclusively with Spider-Man because they've just been used and everything else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, while it's a fun thought experiment, and I, once again, like we, we discussed in the first in the first episode, like it's obvious why people would make those two comparisons, both of them being flagship characters. Yeah. Batman characters tend to kind of be written around Batman. Yes. Like, like the ones that are his most iconic are definitely written around their relationship with Batman or Bruce Wayne. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I like Hush a lot. I think when Hush shows up and he's a Batman villain, he's able to antagonize Bruce very effectively because that's what he does. Same with Punisher. Or not Punisher. Uh, Joker. Joker is able to harangue Batman as effectively as he does. But as we already as we discussed in, that, in the thing, it was like, okay, but the second he stepped foot in Metropolis, he's a joke to everybody else. Yes. Um... Like what's the Joker? Like even even in a world that has similar characters, like the Trickster, what's the what is the Joker to the Trickster? Yeah, <laughs> I mean honestly, what the hell is the Trickster to the Flash? Yeah, more of a threat <laughs> to the than the Joker is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like a lot of this stuff just kind of like like because Batman can be by himself in a detective noir story where this is a man with a man's limits. I mean, obviously, you know, pushing his limits. You know, a man who, who doesn't say die. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, but, like, that's what you have to work inside of, and that's what his villains are having to work inside of. Um, 
whereas Spider-Man, uh, whereas like DC typically does do like big on its like godlike mythos. Um, Batman is one of the few characters that operates outside of it. Yeah. Um, like not all, not every Batman story is a story about God. Uh, or God's relationship to man. No. Almost every Superman story is. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and Peter's stories are often colorful costumed commentaries on, uh, on some social issues. Sure. But, uh, a lot of times it's just costume fun. Um, and his villains are Honestly, willing it's, to. It's, it's more like it's more like being being called to these you know greater threats while also having to deal with you know everyman problems. Yeah, um, Bruce doesn't have everyman problems. Yeah, so like uh, a Batman storyline. If you think of any iconic Batman storyline, I bet you there's no B plot to it, or the B plot is not a what Batman's doing at home. Like Long Halloween is is almost. I don't even think he's Bruce in any of it. Uh, not really. Not that I can think of. Uh, killing Joke. Like, uh, Hush has some stuff because, like, it's like the tease of Jason Todd, which uh, which definitely puts, like, Bruce on his back foot a little bit uh, because it came out right before um, uh, Under the Red Hood came out. Yeah. Um, when Judd Winnick brought him back. Um, but, like, there's no Batman. Like, there's no Bruce story there. Like, those are just Batman stories. With his a problem being villain, being the villains, um, Spider Man typically has a, b, and c plots, and the villains don't always make it to his a plot. Like Peter will just will just um, in the first few pages of an issue take down a random villain, um, and they might tie in thematically more than they tie in like as like the the villain themselves being important to the story. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I I I'm I agree with basically everything you said. Uh, I, ultimately, though, I thought it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was the, it, the coming up with the stories was very interesting. Like, and I like doing this more than people just being like, "Well, who would win in a fight? Who runs the gauntlet? It, it could like, Deathstroke take on uh, uh, Moon Knight and then fight Daredevil? Like, who cares? Who cares? He's a, who cares? He's a pedophile." <laughs> He only catch baby hands. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, yes, yeah, yeah. Let him, let him fight a baby, 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 dark side, baby Thanos, <laughs> kid apocalypse. <laughs> None of these are characters we made up. These, these, yep. these, these, these all are characters that appeared in comics. Sure enough. But uh, but yeah, so like I said, like this, um, coming up with stories was just much more interesting than than just you know who wins in a fight. Yeah, and I like watching death battle, but I, I like watching death battle. Even death battle itself, they 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 realized they had to start putting a little bit of premise into them. Yeah, and also like you know, death death battle have already conceded that they 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 bullshit some of these. Yeah. Uh, you got to. Um, but yeah, so with that being said, we'll we'll that'll round out our part two of this little uh, fan fiction experiment we did. Um, as is always, your uh, host Patrick, co-host Jared. Say bye, Jared. This is the Spider Mite going back to his home dimension. Oh God, that's not a thing, is it? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you probably found us on uh, on uh, Facebook or Stitcher or any other place the podcasts are found. Um, find us on there. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a follow. Let us know uh, what, what some of uh, your favorite Batman villains are and how you think they could have menaced Spider-Man. Maybe you have an anarchy or a Deathstroke story that you think could menace the wall crawler. I mean, that, Deathstroke was one me and Ryan discussed. Um, yeah, but he's he's a less powerful dare, dare, Deadpool. Yeah, that was ultimately what we... Uh, well, Ryan said that like uh, he'd straight up kill Spider-Man. I tried to fight against it, but... Uh, I mean, not with not unless he's he's been amped in some way. Um, but hey, if you guys have uh, have one you want to hear us uh, discuss, maybe maybe if we had more than just Vaughn responding, like uh, uh, we had, and we had like a list, we might do some more. Uh, hell, in the comments, uh, I'll I'll be I'll definitely be there to to throw my ideas. If you're like, hey, well, if if uh, Batman's uh, greatest uh, villain of all. Um, the death of Alfred was to strike on Spider-Man. What would Spider-Man do? Like, I was like that's 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 Spider-Man's that's Spider-Man's genesis. It's, it's Uncle Ben. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but if let's say you have something, like I'll definitely be in the comments to 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 help you out. Yeah. You know, now now if you now if you're asking me like you know how Spider-Man would handle someone murdering uh, his 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 uh, Alfred. Which I guess if you want to say this was May, that's a, that's a story at least. I mean, it's back in black. Yeah, it's it's called it's called Spider Man. You know, borderline kills somebody. It's called back in black. Yeah. Well, she didn't die. True. She was the only she's the only octogenarian to survive a sniper round to the fucking head, chest. If that's better. Okay, like the uh, the the. The the frame where it shows before it shows the fire shows them lining up the crosshairs on her head. head. Yeah, but it goes through her chest. Okay. It's like because I, I remember I, I read it. It was like it was like crosshairs on on head. Bang! Look car. back through the crosshairs. Car, car coming at you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's 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 uh, that's us getting caught up on actual comics that actually exist. You can just go read. Um. But yeah, so all this all that being said, we will catch you next time. Peace.